0: Welcome to Maximal Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben.
1: And on today's episode, we're joined by Rudolf from Grimdark Terrain. Hello, Rudolf. Hello.
0: How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. So, as some of you are probably aware, um, if you haven't been living in a closet and playing AT in there, um, Grimdark Terrain are a company which specializes in AT-scale terrain funnily enough of all things and uh and Bronco has, has come on the show to give his opinion about our main topic for tonight Legio Ataris and uh, and also to talk all things hobby so without further ado we're gonna get into the show but let's start first of all with um our usual patreon shout outs these are our new patrons who've joined us this month so big shout out to Phil Sobel, Andy Devlin, James Turner, Richard Willis, James Marsden, Stuart Oliver, Sarah Young, Matt Button and Toby Lunt. Bit of a bumper month for us this week, Uh, Ben. It's almost like
1: there's a competition or something.
0: Well, yes, and uh, as Ben alludes to, yeah, we have basically decided we're going to do a little bit of a giveaway um, as part of our um, patron um, tiers for September. So me and Ben have had a couple of really fancy dice trays made up. Um, It was... Um, a discussion on Patreon, basically, as to which one we went for, and there was two designs that we really liked, uh, so we ordered four, and um, we only need two. So we decided that we're going to give one of those away. So if you are a, a patron of ours at any tier, um, at the end of September, we'll be essentially doing a, uh, a draw of everybody who's with an active subscription, and one of you lucky people will be able to win a Maximal Fire-branded Dice tray. So if you're looking for a reason to sign up to our Patreon, well, there it is.
1: So we have got, got one more episode after this and then it's the one after that we're doing a giveaway, is it?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, fe- effectively, um, we should have one more before then, but we will be doing the actual um, draw on Patreon. We won't be doing it as part of, of the next podcast. Moving on from that, if you want to support the show in other ways, um, the best way that you can do that for us is to jump onto your favourite podcast platform and leave us a review and a rating. The the more that we get um, of of those, then the easier it is for people to find us and to to spread the word of the channel. So if you want to help out the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That'd be fantastic. And last but not least, in the bookkeeping section, um, it seems to be quite a long section this time, Ben.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't even know why. No,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think just lots of news. A lot of stuff has happened in the last couple of months. Just a reminder, we have a, a Discord server and that is kind of going from strength to strength really it's been great to see the community really sort of bed in over the last um six weeks or so and that's partly kind of helped i think by the fact that we started doing a few hobby hangouts so if you uh if you like using discord as a means to keep in touch with the community then um yeah hop on in and you never know who you might see on that channel rudolph is a member yourself aren't you
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, attended the first, I think, hobby hangout with uh, the various Johnnies that attended. Oh, too many Johnnies. uh, Yeah. And that was quite fun, actually. You always do that Wednesdays, right?
0: Oh, we don't do it every Wednesday. At the moment, we're mostly doing it as part of the um, AT Clash of the Titans um, challenge uh, that um, BattleBling have been running. And it's been every other week. Um, the days may change between Wednesdays and Thursdays, but you know, if if people are looking for some inspiration, mm. it's been a it's been a great, been a great couple of nights that we've done so far, and it's it's kind of led us to really do ad hoc ones. I think me and mm. me and Ben have both, like when we've just been on painting, we've just loaded up Discord and and sat and turned on our cameras and had a couple of people join us.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good for that, just to be able to get you say, some ad hoc uh, hobby nights. Especially when you're painting trim.
0: Yes, it really does help the trim go by. I've used that on both of the main organized hobby events, and you just forget about it when you're having a laugh. Uh, We should also
1: say uh, congratulations, Bass because they've uh, sold over 100 kits now for Clash of the
0: Titans. Yes, incredible. pretty Uh, awesome. To go from what started in March as a just a little thing between eight of us to having over a hundred people decide that want to take part in the challenge is, is, is pretty amazing really. And it's been a, truly awesome to see the amount of um, quality stuff coming out of that. But I think more on that a little bit later. Um, first off Rudolph, AKA Bronco fish, as some people may know you better as thank you very much for joining us tonight.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. The, um, I, I, I'm still thinking. I should maybe join the BattleBling Clash of Titans thingy.
0: I think yeah. if, if you're looking for an excuse, I mean, obviously you are a month late, but that doesn't matter. Anybody can join at yeah. any time. Just uh, pledge what you're going to do.
2: Yeah, I should do that. Uh, never mind, I got sidetracked a little bit. Um, yeah, hi, uh, pleasure to be here, pleasure to be on the, on the podcast. Um, I've been harassing you, uh, uh, Peaky, for quite some time <laughs> now. No. <laughs> like, hey, can I come on your podcast, please? <laughs>
0: hey, it, is, it is not harassment. Okay, let, let me rephrase.
2: I've been gently nudging you. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: We've been making our way down our, our list of um of com- community celebrities. And uh, <laughs> and you as you as one yourself, um, you know, the big dog in 3D printing terrain. Uh, we have to have <laughs> you on at some
2: point. Good save there, pk I think you're about to annoy Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think when it comes to three D printing, Battlebring are uh, um, much, much, much bigger than I am. Um I don't want to piss off the sponsors too much yeah don't uh, do
0: that don't yeah. do that no yeah, so. um but tell us about yourself anyway um how did you get into at i'm sure you've answered these questions on the other um podcasts mm. and things that
2: you've done but tell us a bit about yourself yeah i've been in the hobby for i don't know like maybe 30 years now maybe a little bit more um all started with uh, I think sixth at fantasy or seventh at fantasy when there was night goblins uh, against high elves uh, where you had the plastic with the plastic car. Uh, no, no, the, 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 cardboard Altarion. uh This is when it started um, back then in Germany, everything was only available in, in, in English. And I was a little boy and I never had English in school. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was completely intrigued by the, the figures and, and the, the, the the hobby aspect of the thing and I'm pretty sure I did everything wrong when it came to gaming and rules but I had a lot of fun and and ever since then with the usual breaks that everyone has um I've been in the hobby um although I haven't touched a fantasy model for I don't know 25 years maybe um and same goes for 40k uh, when the heresy came out I took a decision and I have to be economic and, um, I, I shifted everything that I do hobby wise to the heresy. And, um, so I was very, very happy when finally Titanicus was announced. That was maybe three years ago when the first announcement came, like there's something big coming and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, to pretty much two years ago in, I think, August 18. Oh, that's three years already yeah oh, shit. that's the um the feeling of time but um yeah i i got i got into it like early on i i ordered a couple of uh, grandmaster boxes and that was actually also immediately the start of Grimdark terrain because um i felt very limited with what's in the box terrain wise so the first first things um that i ever did um in 3d modeling was actually uh, uh roof toppings for the um for for the Civitas kit um yeah but i got uh, into titanicus like super early on uh, i talked my neighbor into it uh he's playing actually legio atarus so which is a nice connection to the rest of the show tonight oh, yes. and um i myself um i have a legio mortis uh Uh, naturally that goes with a full night household of uh, house malinax um i have a couple of legia presagius um they're super work in progress still uh so i haven't shown them anywhere yet uh, but i'm i'm very happy with those um well they are the best legia as well so you think
1: no (laughs) it's look cool it's white and blue they're right in the game as well.
2: They're definitely <laughs> the prettiest. Um, and uh, just recently, I painted up a couple of um, of Metallica titles. Mm. Which are very pretty. Yes. they um, Metallica, I love the scheme. Uh, I started painting them before I knew the rules, um, which is not, they're not too gamey, but that's perfectly fine for me. Um, but yeah. I love the, the, the style they do. So I, I went with regular sand bases on them and love it.
0: The question has to be asked: Then, are you at heart a loyalist or
2: are you a traitor? I think I'm a traitor.
0: Oof.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can appreciate the beauty of um, of Presagius, but I prefer them burning. Actually, so.
1: <laughs> it, to to be fair, you're only a traitor when you lose. Otherwise, you're a freedom fighter, yeah. of course. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> History is, uh, is, is written by the victors, as they say.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you say you started 3D, um, you know, designing the 3D terrain fairly quickly. How quickly did that kind of um, sort of transcend into you opening up the Patreon and um, actually starting to sell your STLs?
2: <laughs> um, so I did my very, very first steps in Tinkercad, um, like maybe three, three years ago, three and a half maybe. Um, and being the weird person I am, I thought like, yeah, I should do a mechanical tank and not like, yeah, I should do a house or anything. So I I wanted to do a mechanical tank and, um, you can still see it on my Instagram. It's like some one post from 18 or something. Um, and I wanted to do an auto reductor tank with uh, like the artillery tanks that, that didn't have a model back then. They, They still don't um but from there to the patreon or to to actually making it available that still took two and a half years maybe not just because i have no background in 3d so i I, every everything i do is just like yeah that looks nice and yeah, I should do it this way and that way, but most of the time I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, like, I have no clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> it looks nice.
0: Well, you've, <laughs> yeah. if you've been blagging it for two and a half years, then you've done a very good job of hiding it.
2: Mm. But eventually, the out um, to Nick from Australia, that, that was one of the guys that, on a very drunk night on Discord, talked me into, yeah, you should sell and make open a Patreon and blah, 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 blah. And I gave in, doing. and I gave a promise, and uh, I kept the promise, and I opened that thing, and ever since that, it's been eating up pretty much every minute of my hobby time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you still make time to do. Uh, is, is that why the Presagius has taken is is going a bit slow at the moment? Because <laughs> yeah. the hobby time is kind of quite limited by what you're having to design as part of your Patreon.
2: Yeah, well, you have to come up with stuff every month, and um, that's sometimes when you're very creative and when you have a good good flow, that that can take a couple of days. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes there's a lot of testing involved. For example, when I did the um, the freighter, um, the, the big Samsung freighter, that mm. the lander, um, that had to be test printed like eight times or something. So I have eight Samsons lying about here. <laughs> and um this is all very time consuming of course uh and then i i absolutely underestimated um the admin overhead to to everything like supporting is very tedious and very time consuming work um one of the things I do is I test print every part before I release those. Um, I think I'm, I'm one of the very few uh, subscriptions that that actually do this diligently. So I sometimes I print a piece like six times until it's perfect. Um, and still it doesn't print on every machine because there's like, I don't know, like 20 different printers mm-hmm. out there. And, um, but uh, what I always wanted to do is a drag and drop experience for people because supporting stuff is that it's driving you nuts if you mm. if you don't have a lot of practice um, and so far I've had a lot of of good feedback for this one. Um, but this is this is the the time consuming consuming parts and then again I'm in I'm, I'm still working full-time so I'm not complaining here I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm I'm still having a, a regular job, and I do this at night and when I'm off work and on the weekends. And um, yeah, there, there's there's the wife back home, and she's nagging from time to time. So you have to be very economic, and very often that that uh, narrows down the time I can actually spend on on actually painting my own stuff.
0: I think you've hit the nail on the head there, though, because. It's, it can be quite a, a barrier to entry with 3D printing, the sort of the technical side of, mm-hmm. um, of the setup. Um, and I think, although it's obviously, like you say, it's, it's a bit of admin, like the, the, the ease of loading in your files and printing them off is, is a, a big plus because not everybody has the experience, the knowledge or the time to just, you know, tinker with everything until it's mm. perfect. They want to be able to plug something in and print it and most of the time get a, a good result.
2: Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, um, sometimes I feel a little bit like, like 3d printing is like airbrushing in like 10, 12 years ago, Mm.
3: um,
2: like 10, 12 years ago, when somebody had an airbrush and knew how to operate it, they were like, wow, these are hobby gods and they know so well what they are doing and so on. And then, and then, uh, airbrushes became pretty normal nowadays so there's, yeah. i don't know like 60 70% at, at least this is how i feel when i when i look at people i'm following on 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 instagram and so on. this is pretty normal now and and i think um whenever there's something new coming up um people have a natural barrier of like eh, maybe this is too too complicated maybe this is i don't understand how to do it <laughs> same with painting with oils animal washers and so on so this is um i think in in the end um in maybe five to ten years time having a 3d printer will be very very normal
0: yeah i, I think it's still very much in its infancy isn't it as a, as a hobby because um, it is a hobby at the end of the day
1: mm. i i I, I, mean, I said i don't know because I, I remember when i was doing um, Lost of flames of war and i went to we went to convention uh no no someone sent us some stuff to review <coughs> and I always had the policy we didn't review stuff if we didn't weren't going to be positive because we wanted uh, the site to be a positive site, and so we we would, if we got anything that we weren't we weren't happy with, we just messed them saying I'm really sorry we we don't you know we don't feel we can do good enough stuff. We want it back. Let us know. And some guys sent us um, some 3D printer stuff, and it was. It was fine, but like the quality at that point compared to like the plastic models that we were getting, and I think we had a couple of other guys in as well. It just wasn't there, you know. I looked at it, and went, "This isn't going to replace these." If you've got a printer, fair enough, you might do some yourself. But I'm not going out my way to buy these when, for a little bit more, I can get the plastic models, which are much nicer. Move on seven years, mm.
3: and
1: that's a far tougher conversation now. The quality di- the quality's caught up. If basically, it's pretty much the same. Um as long as, I mean, obviously there's still some out there which aren't uh, aren't as good as others, but, you know, um I remember when John sent us those first few stuff before he even said it went with Battle Bling for Aeronautica. And I thought, yeah, I'll get some bits, we'll see what they're like. And then I got them. Like, oh my God, these are these are actually amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this isn't just some guy in his garden, you know, some guy's a hobby who's done some stuff that's all right, and it's kind of cool because it's different. No, this is actually... <laughs> amazing
0: but yeah. this is this is what i mean i think we're on yeah. the on the cusp of mm. almost like a a 3d printing renaissance i think like you say it's taken a lot a long time for the technology to match the expectation and, and you know, it's
1: more net- than anything it's cost and the technology the fact that these really good printers are now 200 300 dollars that that's a far where the were like five six hundred odds a few
2: years ago that's the biggest difference i would say absolutely yeah Yeah. getting into 3d printing nowadays is like spending money on an xbox so that that's the investment we're looking at and um then you maybe have a smaller machine but you have all the other ingredients or machines that you need and you can actually produce decent stuff Uh, and i had a very similar experience ben um but also about seven, eight years ago, uh, a mate of mine is, is working uh, as a physicist in, in, in an institute and they had a super expensive 3D printer. And some dude there was a Tau player and they and they printed some, I think, Tau Tetra or something. And that thing looked, that looked horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I was telling him, like, there, there's no way 3D printing is ever ever yeah. taking taking a foot into our hobby i mean look at this this is like <laughs> yeah and, and now look look where we are now
0: i i don't think it's going to be too much longer before maybe forge world considers making a move over um obviously the casting that they do at the moment is looks amazing and uh, you know mm. you, you can't beat the quality of cast resin but at the same time you know those those molds break very quickly um or quicker than they'd like um whereas the 3d printing you know you've got that stl you can just keep printing and printing and printing so when they mm. when the speed's there i think when 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 they can you know print as as much as they can as they can cast maybe maybe we might see them move towards that and gw mm. in general who knows maybe they'll move to a 3d printing home a home 3d printing kind of
2: Oh, a lot of the master models are printed uh, at Fort Worlds. Um, yeah. You can, you can tell sometimes you have horrible stepping in, in the casts <laughs> you get. I don't want to bitch about Fort World now, but sometimes you have really bad casts and, and you can yeah. literally see the steppings, in, in, especially in curved surfaces. Um, but also when you look closely, um, there was once a, a very big thread on Reddit Um a thread on reddit uh, on GW putting 3d printed models on their website when they announce stuff so normally you have the master models like when the um battle sisters came out and so on then you look closely or the, these um what was it the, the imperial guards uh, weapon upgrades i think um you could also see these faint lines of a very very good 3d printer but you could still tell it's there so they they already use the technology, but but it's yeah. um, I don't think it it will go into GW mainstream until it's super accessible, non toxic, and absolutely childproof. Because I mean that's where the money is. Yeah. We are we are looking from a very old seasoned hobbyists perspective. I think.
0: It's just another string, another arrow in the quiver, isn't it, to a lot mm. of hobbyists? You know, it's uh, you mentioned their airbrushing, and I think with AT in particular, because um, it tends to draw the kind of older game. I'm not going to, you know, there's obviously plenty of younger people who play it as well, but there's a big percentage of of the people who play it are older. You know, I think you you then get people more drawn to using airbrushes and you know having 3D printers, and mm. it, it's definitely kind of the the scale that the models are at the um and and the size of the the miniature you have to play with I think it lends itself very nicely to experimenting with airbrushing, to dabbling with three D printing. Um, it's it's very much a a tinkerer's wet dream. I think. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. I think. So I mm. I was just saying. I think the issue from GW's point of view there is always going to be the the file. So they they're not going to sell you a file if they risk that you doing it for your mates or you selling onto your mates, and even if there's some sort of encryption into it, we, we know what the modern world's like. People will get around that encryption, no matter what you do.
3: Yeah.
1: And I think that's going to be the problem. Um, I also the other problem as well is, as you said, as I think you, I'm glad you mentioned it, Bronco, about the non... It needs to be a non-toxic way of, of like finishing, because, you know, we're all the best women in the world... GW's most, you know, the average customer who's probably spends the most money at a short period of time for GW is the kind of ten to sixteen year old bracket, and you know, yeah. little Jimmy, Jimmy, little Jimmy walks into GW with his mum. With his mum, his mum goes, "Oh, I'd like to, my son, likes us get into it." Goes, "Cool, but spend two hundred pounds on this three D printer." Go on our um, website, download yeah. these files. Yeah, it, that's 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 always that barrier to entry. which yeah, is
0: where it'll never go yeah. to that that extreme. I think there'll always be boxed miniatures. It's half the fun, isn't it? Is yeah. opening up that nice box of plastic.
1: The the thing I would love before we get too sorry before we get too far into this rabbit hole, though, is like the back catalogue they don't sell anymore. If they made that mm. files that you could buy on their website, even if they were a little bit pricey because they worry about you printing for all your mates, I think that'd be kind of cool. You know, some like Rogue trader era, like Marines, they scan them in or stuff like that. You know, or, do you, or you know the the many Warhammer armies that they don't sell anymore because they went to Age of Sigma. Mm. If they had those models on there, I think that would be a really really good service for them catering for the more experienced gamer
2: yeah. well it's it's an open secret that GW has been yeah. digitalizing these these old models mm. and where I could see 3d printing and GW like going together would be exactly there um, and also but but this won't happen until they can DRM the the files and you have branded machines that are locked. Um, yeah. To GW stuff, and they have their own resin and their own <laughs> organ skull ornamented yeah. 3 like the like the the Machinato Generalis style thingy, <laughs> um, and then it would be, I think, on the print uh, paper print. Like I mean, they're they're venturing into digital content heavily in the past years um, with all yeah. the audiobooks, now Warhammer Plus and so on. And and I mean, they will open a lot of new business opportunities, like diversifying where they can make uh, profits. Um, because I think they pretty much reached the market cap of how many minis you can sell. Um, so they they need new new revenue. Um, streams, I, I suppose. So you heard it here first. Uh,
1: what they need is a pandemic about every five years, so people stuck at home and buy their models. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they'll have no problems ever again. International
0: yeah. conspiracy that Games Workshop was actually in the test center in Wuhan. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe they could. I mean, they still have Bookman's Bar. They, mm. you know. They, <laughs>
0: Right, let's move on to uh, the, the hobby updates and news section, I think. Um, so, first off, as we've alluded to already, um, BattleBlings hashtag 80Clash of the Titans. It's not really a competition. What would we call it, Ben? Um, challenge? 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 Yeah, challenge. Um, is in full swing. We're now in month two. Um, very successful first month. And the amount of content, I think every other post I've seen on Instagram has had like one of the. Um, 80 clash of the titans um plates in front of it it's been great to see and there's some amazing work um but first off i think we'll just give um just a quick shout out to the three winners of the wednesday awards that we've had so far in the first month and that was dan van Hees, getty 76 and diseased paint all worthy winners there was some awesome awesome stuff and we look forward to seeing more prizes being given out over the coming weeks if you want to get involved with um 80 clash of the titans all you have to do is to go on to battle Blink's etsy website and and i think you can get it as well from the um the ebay store but purchase what's called a clash pack it's 10 pounds you get some nice scenic base you get some stuff some scenery for your bases or to create some scatter terrain um you get a certificate and you also um get the um a official 80 clash of the titans 2021 um nameplate banner what would we call that
1: um yeah
0: it's it's a (laughs) it's a it's a little uh plaque plaque. that's that's the word i'm looking for it's like a plaque that you can stand in front of your models um and it is a three months challenge but the whole point of it is not to you know complete three months the whole point of it is to get inspired take part um and as I mentioned, every Wednesday, if you, you know, if you have ordered a Clash pack and you submit your work using the hashtag, there's a chance you might win something cool from BattleBling. So, you know, if 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 you wanna, if you're searching for some inspiration, get involved. Um. So other than that, BattleBling. Um, we don't we don't often give out enough in the way of updates for our sponsors. We probably should start giving them a bit more airtime. but <laughs> we've kind of relied a little bit, I think, on that um, funky advert that we put together for them.
1: We need we need to play hard to get. The the less we talk about them, the more hopefully they give us money to talk about them.
0: Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it's been a while, so I think we'll treat them this <laughs> month. Um, and and yeah, play the diva card. Um, but yeah, so they've got some loads of loads of new stuff. Um, coming out like they release stuff every single Wednesday the the big news really in the BattleBling front is that they've recently got together with Tarot Model Maker who if you are familiar with his 40k night stuff is a fantastic Pretty 3D cool. designer and he also prints um, accessories for Titans and the news with them is that they um, have now basically agreed that um, BattleBling will stock and sell his AT products so everything which um, Tarot has made for AT, including those um, Reaver Titan top hat missile uh, launches, the um, warp missile launches, will become available on the Battle Blink store, which is fantastic news. Like, I, I love um, Tarot's work, and I hope that he's going to start producing more AT-scale stuff because I think that will be something special.
2: Yeah, especially with the uh, the double warp missile things that he made. Um, yeah, I think it's the only uh, item that can physically this this option. Yeah, I've I've never seen it anywhere. else.
0: Yeah, it's, they're really lovely, and it's nice to have um, some more options as well when it comes to using the um, the warp missile. Like you say, mm.
1: I'd also say a lot, a lot of his other weapons do also work on Reavers. George has used a lot on his his um, uh, Furions.
0: You mean it's forty k scale stuff?
1: The forty scale scale. You mostly look at the uh, was was the the smaller knight for forty k. Armiger, that's the one. Mm. A lot of those things work really well on reaver scale things. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Um, but yeah, other than that little bit of news, um, they have just announced a new range of nameplates, um, for your titans. They now do six different um, styles of nameplate, all of which look stunning. I. I it is the thing which finishes off a titan in my opinion and not only is the quality really really good with battle bling but they're also really cheap like yeah you, you get the quality and you pay a fraction of what you would pay elsewhere um as uh, at the point that we're recording it won't it'll have finished by the time that we um actually go to air but they were doing a flash sale where you could get 10 name plates for 18 pounds including free shipping in the uk and 50 for 75 which is just a ludicrously um cheap way of getting your um armies or your titans uh, made up but that's um but normally it's tw- it's 20 quid for 10 name plates so it's two quid a plate it's really good value
1: and you said you said they, and they've got the lots of new designs now as well the imperial one the uh the two chaosy ones
2: yeah i just i just Made a note that I don't forget to buy these nameplates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes, get in there quickly before that sale uh, ends. I'm as tempted with
1: the Horus Heresy, definitely not getting rebooted at all. GW, your little hints here
0: and there and everywhere. <laughs>
1: um, the 50 nameplates, I was, I was like, Do I get 50 nameplates with a Farius on for my Alpha Legion army?
0: you got to have one as uh Omegon, yeah, uh, yeah, haven't you? Omegon, they're, they're all
1: a, they're all a Farius.
0: okay. <laughs> I spent a long time picking up this
1: guy, this captain's name. What's his name? Alfarius.
2: I <laughs> want to drive Johnny nuts. You can, you can just make fifty anagrams of Alfarius, like <laughs> Alfarius, or Marius, Alfarion,
1: Alfarius the second. There you go, Ben.
0: There you go. Um, but let's 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 persuade Rudolph. Like all the reasons why he needed to get involved in AT, Clash of the Titans. I think it sounds like he's on the cusp of getting involved. So why don't we talk about our um, our pledge updates for this month and what we've been up to.
1: Yeah, so I'm doing Legio Kratos because they're the best in the game ever. Um, awesome, definitely. Not uh, I've got, I don't have maps to prove that they are now, so I'll get uh, to that right. in a second. So uh, yeah, I've painted two Warbringers and a Reaver this month. Uh we should also point out this month's only actually been three and a half weeks. It's not actually a full month because we didn't start yeah. to like the ninth-ish. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so um they're all done up, although I'm now currently thinking about rebating them because I think the bases are I like the bases, but I think this just it looks a bit dull having these grey bases on green with green titans. So I want to spice it up with some desert bases. And yeah, I actually got gaming against them, which I need to talk about because um yeah, I have a hundred percent win record of Kritos. Yeah. Which is why they are the best legion.
0: But didn't you say in the game that you know it was a hundred percent win ratio? However, their actual traits for their legio had zero effect on the game.
1: Oh god, literally nothing. <laughs> I could I could have should I could have paid a, a bank legion, saved myself thirty points on the upgrade that I didn't use because I never needed to use it for the missiles and uh, cost George 2 Strassian points. It would have been better,
0: but... So um, if, if you're not familiar with Legio Critos, um they, they do get a bit of a bum rap as being the worst Legio rules-wise in the game, um, mostly because most of their rules seem to be focused around destroying buildings, which yep. hardly anybody actually plays
1: and and actually there's another legio has a better stratagem uh was it i think it's legio infernus they have a stratagem which is just remove a building from the game which mm. is actually better than anything kratos can do to remove buildings so they're not even the best at that <laughs> but <laughs> pretty they are very pretty I lo- I, and they've got the they've got the best name they've got awesome fluff and they've got the best decals absolutely yeah yes they're missing that kind of you know kind of important ish thing the of, god like, you know, yeah, the God Breakers, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a Ruptura mana to so um, proxy to the Reavers for my Besagius. They were traitor for the day. And um, George didn't have some horrendous luck. <laughs> I do need to stress this, because uh, he, so what did, I try to let's put this way, so he charged a slightly battered Reaver, hit, hit him three times in the body, needing two criticals to kill him. So he rolls two ones and a three. So he's like, fair enough, uh, fight, fine, it's annoying. So gets to the next, co- gets to the combat phase, goes to punch him, uh, fails... No, so that's when he rolls the two ones and the three, when he punched him after the charge. So he's like, okay, shoot with the Gatling, uh, misses, uh, <laughs> shoots with the Melter, hits another part, does a body smash, and then rolls another double one to damage. Oh. So that Reaver should have died horribly. There's no amount of tactics that's going to help there. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't have made a massive impact because basically... The other reaver came. One of the other reavers came around behind his reaver that charged and killed him, and then there was nothing on that side of the table anyway. So, like gameplay wise, that made no difference. But that was just his luck.
3: Mm.
1: Then I had my other reaver where I had the secondary. We had to put a banner in his deployment zone. That uh, oh, should I say I got the Rupture a double charge in one turn off where one of Ooh. my warhound, one of my warbringers killed his reaver that I charged with one of my reavers, and then that reaver then got to charge as warlord.
0: Which did actually completely mess him up
1: because so it stops him from being able to kind of hit him.
0: So that's the rule. That's the the rule on on the Ruptura where if a warbringer yeah. causes catastrophic damage on yeah. a, another titan, every reaver within the manipul can basically move as if it's the movement phase. Can act yeah. as if it's the movement phase as long as they've got nothing to stops them from moving. But yeah. yeah. So if you're yeah. on charge orders, then yeah, double charge, recharge
1: um the other part of the rules, is you get to boost for free of one reaver so i took uh experimental locomotives on the on the, so both my combat reavers could just move without having to worry about the um the machine ghost test as i've found out it's called in germany which i love thank you for that dizzy <laughs> machine go so machine ghost it's so much more machine spirit i don't know why fair. but uh, yeah so then that war <laughs> that reaver should have died before he made the deployment zone and george again just completely fluffed it um with his dice rolls. So uh, I still think I'd have won. I think George said that as well. And, but it definitely would have been a lot closer if his luck had been even remotely average.
0: Oh, it's, it's good to see the, the ruptura on the battlefield, though, because we haven't experimented too much in the actual game terms with the ruptura, have we?
1: Um, no, I, I, I quite like it. it. It's awkward in 1750. You're just at that awkward points level where you can't require all the upgrades you want. Uh, but I, I've, I've I've liked it from game one. We'll we'll see what happens. But to prove that Kratos is the best, uh, is meant to be one of the best legios, and I've lost games of them, and I haven't lost any games of Kratos. So Kratos have a one hundred percent win rate with me. Of course, Poseidon don't. So Kratos is the best legio. One for one. That's because that's how it works. That's literally, that is maths. You can't <laughs> deny my, my maths on that
0: one. <laughs> you can't deny it. You can question it, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I believe uh, a sample of one is completely scientific. <laughs> that's how scientists work, isn't it? They do an experiment once and go, well, it worked, guys. We're done. <laughs> uh, I should also say, I did also play George. Uh, George's... Uh, Graphonicus, because George is actually, well, using your old Graphonicus speakers, he really can't get his head around combat it's quite, bless him. You you can see that kind of, like, in his brain, he's like, if this was Furians, I would do this and this and this, and this would be fine, but you can see him kind of going, no, brain doesn't quite compute (laughs) combat. No offence, George, I know he will be listening. Uh, But yeah, he's now going to try Sturgimus, so um, um, yeah, sorry to everyone. Yeah,
0: no, think they're, I think it's going to do better than that. Yeah. Yeah, the Graphodicus Extergimus is very good. uh
1: But yeah, just say so that this month I've got my painting table. I'm being ambitious, is three more Reavers, a Warhound, and a Banner of Knights. Love neck. One of those Reavers might drop off. I, I'm not 100% happy with the color scheme of my first Reaver, so I kind of want to replace him. Oh. But the third Reaver will be the last model I, d- I do. Oh, and I'm going to rebase the three I've done. So, you know.
0: I think I should have gone first with what I was doing, because then I, I wouldn't seem quite so lame now when I say what I'm going to do.
1: Uh, the kids are going back to school. I can't wait. I'm going to get more painting time.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, I've I've not been quite as busy as Ben, but I've been plodding along with my graphonicus. Um I've now got a full, uh, or what could be a full, um, Ferox Maniple for them. So I painted two Reavers um, with some Battle Bling weapons, which really Fun to paint. Painted up a, a, a sword that they did, which I'm going to use as a chain fist. I'm really happy with how that came out. looks really cool. Um, and a Warhound. So that was my first month. And then I'm ultimately building towards um, a list, which I'm going to be taking in a tournament in a few months. So my next month, my current month now, is um, I'm going to be doing a Warlord, which I'm going to paint up as the Titan of Legends, uh, Bellator Magna, um, for Um But I... I I feel like I've got room to not be quite as productive as you because I've got two weeks where I'm on holiday this month, so my painting time is vastly shorter. But I'm Sounds, finishing strong. Like loser talk. <laughs> I'm finishing strong. I'm going to go into month three. I'm doing a War Master. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going to do that as well.
0: Yeah, okay. I, might, yeah I might end up doing two Warmasters if the Iconoclast comes up, but we'll come to that in a second. Um, but I have given myself a little stretch goal as well. I've decided that I, I've, I've built up a, a Warbringer that if I get chance, I'm going to try and fit a Warbringer into that as well as a stretch objective for what I'm doing. Um, but I unfortunately have not had time to get any games and I'm hoping to get my first Graphonicus game in um, next week. Um, so yeah, that'll be quite cool. Rudolph, I mean, I know you've um, not... Not part of the challenge, but you've been doing some hobby recently. Uh,
2: No, (laughs) No. (laughs) uh, uh, actually, I haven't. Um, I don't want to get too much into the details, but I've been spending uh, all the hobby time on renaming every single part I ever did. Oh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, but it's necessary. Uh, Better do it now than later, um, because by now I've made about. I don't know, four hundred fifty parts, maybe, and uh, it it's very difficult to refer to certain parts if you don't have a unique part number. And so I came up with a part number system, and um, this is the most boring work I can assure you that <laughs> you, you don't want to do this, um, um, because after after a while everything gets blurry, and you think, have I named this part yet? No, let me have a look again, and and. But I, I managed um, to do this and and re-release all the packages, and so I, I also redid all the renders for everything. So that that's my my hobby, or that's that's been my hobby time this this month, um, because uh, I also hired a web developer who um, who made a catalog plugin for my website, so people can actually search for the parts, and also um, it's on a slow burn, but. Uh, I'm tagging and categorizing every single part so they can actually check, okay, I, I have printed a couple of power pylons, uh, where can I connect them to? And then they click the tag power lines, and then you see every t- single bit that's connected oh, nice. to power lines, for cool. example. yeah. <laughs> um you can filter it down and 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 also there's certain shapes for example you printed a, a not enough parts or you you just printed everything and then you're playing around and then you see okay there's a gap this big and then you can look for a certain shape and browse everything by shape so you can for example say okay i need a lower one civitas wide tile and then you just click and you have everything. And so that's the first part of the development thing. And my second part of, of my hobby time was actually, uh, again, a little bit more creative because um, I've been uh, making the concept for a part custom part lists that people can share. Because very often you see that people come up with nice buildings and combinations I've never even thought about. And then the, all the other guys they ask like, how did you build this? And what part can you send me a list of parts you did and blah blah blah? And then uh, this again is super tedious work, so why not um, make it possible for people to just like click and make lists on the website and then share them on social media?
0: It sounds a bit like the Lego creator.
2: Website. Yeah, but I won't get any picture recognition stuff. So that's that's, that's not that's too expensive. But, but web development, I can assure you, is, is also it's quite expensive actually. Um, but it's a necessary it's a necessary uh, uh, evil to 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 go through all the work of, of making it future ready and and um, this also answers one of the questions we received in in preparing um, the show because this is something I would have definitely made differently if i were to start over i would have started with a part system uh, and a part number system from from the very beginning so this is where all my hobby went um so the last time i had actual hobby was when i was playing with my mates uh, in july so that was we had a couple of days of, of games and nice hobby time it's although it sounds yeah.
0: like you need to make more time for hobby stop being a slave to the wage
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there would, there, will be soon uh, because I'm, I'm having test prints on the printers right now. So very soon I will be, I'll be printing uh, nice Gothic ruins.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Well, this, this segues in quite nicely. Um, so obviously, if you've been every month you, d- you deliver something else which is awe inspiring. To be honest, um, the Samson freighter I think is still possibly one of my favorite things in everything that has come out in AT, including the Games Workshop stuff. Um, this year Um, it is just a thing of beauty tell us about what you're going to be releasing next
2: um yeah well first of all thank you i feel the same about the samsung um this is definitely it's been a very very popular kit and i've seen a lot of people printing it um because it's uh it's it's a very unique piece of terrain and and every time people print it they go like yeah oh, okay this is far bigger than i thought <laughs> because it's actually it's like like 22 centimeters long um uh yeah so what was the question again what am i working on at the moment yeah what's coming out next <laughs> um next is gothic ruins or not not exclusively ruins but uh a gothic kit um which has been in demand ever since I started the whole thing. But still, I needed to step up my, my the 3D modeling game a little bit because when, when people that don't do 3D modeling, they always go like, yeah, why don't you do infantry? Why don't you do... I need grogs for my Grox herd because I want to make a slaughterhouse and blah, blah, blah. But, but these are entirely different skill sets. So when you when you do architecture you don't necessarily are or you're you're not necessarily able to make a space marine so Mm. so these are very far away and same goes with you make architecture and then you want a ruined part of the whole thing and then again uh when making ruins you also need to think about what's inside the buildings um so, so you have to think about internal structure like what what's behind um the, the first surface level like is there is there brickwork is there i don't know like uh, T beams or whatever and um so this is uh why the gothic kit is coming so late because i if I want to, if I'm doing it, I want to do it properly. And um, so, what's in September is um, it's going to be a, a complete kit with a couple of high windows and floorings and stairs and a gate. Naturally, the gate has a couple of guns to keep visitors that are unwanted Naturally. to keep them outside. This is thirty
0: k
1: after
2: yeah. all. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I have them yeah. on my house, don't so you guys have them in your houses?
0: <laughs> well, that's because of where you live, Ben. Well, Christchurch, Christchurch. with all the old people. Yeah, you get the, <laughs> the old people with the zimmer frames coming down in their uh, in their mobility scooters tearing up the uh the town. I, I mean mm. I should
1: say I of everywhere I've lived, there's only one house I've had someone stabbed uh, stabbed like within ten meters of and it is here. <laughs> you had someone stabbed within ten meters of this house. So I mean, yeah, you've got a fair point. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, they'd run out of Dentifix or something. Uh, yeah. That, it was that in the middle, middle
1: of a snowstorm as well, randomly. Because <laughs> that's when I want to stab people in the middle of a snowstorm.
0: Yeah. So Do, yes, you, do, you, um... do you tend to, when, when you're designing these things, do you tend to, um, do you go into it where you go, right, I am just, I am designing gothic stuff today. Or do you have multiple projects on at the same time and you kind of, like, work on them, bits and pieces here and there, kind of where you feel, like to go to next do you have like multiple things running at the same time or do you work linearly let's say
2: no that that doesn't work linearly um literally i'm, I'm the worst butterfly you can have it's like <laughs> somebody mentions land train and they're like Ooh, let's let's do land train and then then i'm next next minute i find myself sketching up stuff uh, um uh, but i'm getting a little better at it um because what I what I want to do every month is to to give people that just joined or that um, maybe had a break of a couple of months they they should have a complete kit every month so so every month in itself is confined is that can I say that yeah, mm, yeah. So stand can, alone. so with with the, the the parts you receive within one month you can actually uh, build at least one building or you can rearrange everything and make Large buildings, small buildings, and so on—the fun you can have with modular stuff. Um, and here with the the Gothic one, um, I, I'm I'm doing a a new thing because I'm not only designing the parts; I'm actually doing two new things. I'm designing the parts. I'm doing interior detail because if you look at the plastic uh, kit of a um, by GW you will see that the backside is just flat plastic yeah but uh, when you do ruins you will inevitably have open sides of the building right so you need to have detailed interior and mm. um, so that that's the first time-consuming part of, <laughs> of September and the second is that um, uh, I will uh, provide ruined versions for most of the parts as well so you can actually have um like a half destroyed gothic building
0: amazing yeah sounds good um, I and mean, like you say i think that the gothic style has obviously been a big part of the hobby hasn't it so mm-hmm. it's nice to see that realized and i know there's a couple of other co- um companies as well don't they that that do uh some some gothic terrain Um uh, what remind me ben who who are the guys that we've used um
1: oh it's John's mate, isn't it? Um I'll rubbish your name, Speaky, what are you asking me?
0: Vanguard. The stuff from Vanguard. That's it,
1: Vanguard, yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. Um but to have that kind of level of customization that you've um you've got there, that's 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 quite cool. That's quite exciting. Okay, well, let's move on to the news, I guess. I suppose the biggest news of well in the last couple of weeks is new Warmaster mm. to Ben. Hmm? Big Hitty Warmaster, the iconoclast. Yeah. It's good if you're a traitor. Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that they painted this one up as a graphonicus um in, in the box art. and There's been a lot of people who've been kind of like ask, like like pondering, you know, how is this going to be done? Is it going to be a new box? Is it going to be a resin upgrade? Is it going to be I, I'm an upgrade spray?
1: 99.9% sure it's plastic because firstly they've got the box art in the actual like preview yeah. art queue. That's cool. You don't do that for a forge world. A forge world is just side shot of Titan showing gun and that's about yeah. it. Uh also there's three new heads, which again would add up with how many heads there are in the uh Warmaster. And I just think they just look the guns just look plastic myself. Um
0: there was a question. I think the Graviton gun looked possibly a little bit resiny from the see, photos. See, but...
1: John said that, and uh, sorry, John, on the bus. And I actually thought if either weapon looked more resiny, it was the chainsaw, not the Graviton gun. Mm. But uh, it's, it's plastic. It, it would be silly not to. And I think the resin cost on those would make it a bit silly. But it, it, they said the box art's in the article anyway, so it's plastic. Uh, the only question really is: are the traitor books going to come out at the same time, which they. Odd that they didn't that didn't get previewed. So maybe I don't know that we got delayed because of COVID and Brexit and boats getting stuck in the uh, Suez Canal and all that type of stuff.
0: the I don't think that the Loyalist book got anything other than a footnote, though, didn't it? At the time. They didn't really do a big no, announcement they, about the they did,
1: they uh, went in, obviously the big announcement was we're doing a Warmaster Titan hmm. it's big and all that. But then they did then immediately afterwards they showed in the in the video they showed the Loyalist book.
3: Hmm. So I mean
1: I mean obviously it was very much a case of War Master Titan, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of this book coming as well, guys. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But War Master Titan.
0: <laughs> I mean, hopefully we don't cross over with another engine kill um, article before this podcast is released. But would maybe they're just yeah, it would be wouldn't it? Uh, maybe they're just saving that yeah. for the next. Um, you know, the the, the next update.
1: Oh the, yeah DS Technica is Tuesday because it's the last Tuesday it's meant to be the last Tuesday month obviously it hasn't been but I'm not gonna mm. be too critical with everything that's going on in the world right now and their delete their release schedule is probably being thrown massively out of whack I would imagine um more interesting things though really is obviously oh, so they's got a different name I'm very much hoping that's just like um was it like you like the, you have a technical, the warhound of a certain uh setups called, is a, is a jackal as an example, you know, and then you... That you it's not the same thing, is what yeah, you're saying.
0: Re- that it, They are interchangeable. I really want those weapons to be interchangeable
1: because there's a conversation we finally had when I've been uh, finalising the plans for our November tournament, uh, to, yes, last night, and I told the group that it's going to be 1650, and a few people were like, well, I can't take a Warmaster. Well, hopefully, if this comes out before then and you can just put the Gatlings on top, or whatever they are, the guns, and, or maybe a close combat weapon that's a bit cheaper, then you can get in 1650, because Warbringers are, Warbringers, well Warmasters are a bit awkward getting to get into lists at the moment. Mm. Just, just a
0: little bit. They're, they're what, like they're quite, both of the suzerains are quite expensive. I forget, are they 70 each? Yeah, 70, 70 each, yeah.
1: Um, um, But you're basically spending was it 80, 200, like 225 I think it's on guns?
0: <laughs> yeah. In in hindsight, this was kind of like, like the worst kept secret, really, wasn't it? Because they've got the ancillary reactor on the War Master, which inc- did you know hitting with melee weapons. And at the yeah. time, it was like, what on earth is this? Like, this is completely useless. Why would we take this? Why did we not think of this sooner? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean,
1: I I think uh, I think a few of the time said there must be, yeah, maybe it's future proofing. Mm. I think was the phrase. And they obviously, clearly, they had some plans. The only worry is. I I think a Warlord with a Power Fist is a waste outside of Traitors at the moment. I don't All see faster. anything that makes me... Uh, sorry, a, war, a Warlord with a Power Fist is a waste oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of Traitors at the moment. I see nothing that makes me think that this won't fit in the same category. Yes, it can be slightly faster. Yes, it can be slightly more agile than a Warlord. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's weapon skill 5 up as well, isn't it? Same as a Warlord, I believe.
0: Yeah. I don't think so, there's a way to change changed the stat line.
1: So I, I just, I just worry that it's, it's, it's going it to be very good for traitors. Hopefully, the graviton gun's worth it for loyalists, and the gun on top's worth it for loyalists. But I can't see a double coast combat uh, war war master being good outside of like Volper and mm. a few other ones like that, Percy. But I mean, uh, hopefully, I'm wrong because you know. But combat is kind of the traitor thing, no matter what they give the loyalists.
0: I think if nothing else, it's nice to see new Titans, more plastic. Yeah. Hopefully. More I, I plastic. Love, oh, and I love the head. Some of the heads, some of the heads on that are freaking awesome. I love it. Mm. The,
1: um, I know people said it looks a bit like Homer when he put the bucket on his head, the one I really <laughs> like, which, yeah, which I, I do see, but I love that. head's great. And, you know, I think that's the problem with the loyalist one. Oh, sorry, the loyalist one. The first one is you've got the knight head, which is good for some Legios, but some Legios, it just doesn't really fit. You've got mm. the really cool one with like the chainmail grill and then you've got the other head, which is yeah, Meh. it's nice, it's nice the game is free mm. <laughs> but um, so having you know, having three more heads that's that's awesome, um, just weird that the model, which you can only really ever have one of maybe two at absolute most, is got six heads, whereas mm. other models you can have as many as you want, have like you know a warhound's kind of got kind of got two heads.
0: I suppose you can alternate the side panels,
1: can't you? Yeah. And uh, like... Yeah, you know, Reavers have got through 5 hmm. ish. Warlords have got through yeah. yeah, Warlords yeah. got the like, canonic
0: kind of, like, four. And then the Warmaster has six. And the Warbringer's got one. I mean, the one that needs it possibly yeah. the most has yeah. got yeah. one. I,
1: I like I like that. I like the head on that. But yeah, you, yeah. you could I I would much prefer the head that's in one of the art in the art.
2: Mm. Yeah, what, what I'm hoping for is when uh, the, the Iconoclust comes out um, mm. is that they will again release some sort of a Maniple box, like the precept mm. Maniple box or something. Because so far with every bigger release, we had some sort of a, a big box to, you know, like catch up on Titans and everything. You, you know um, what we need? We need a Corsair Maniple box. <laughs> Would oh, you, right. you would yeah, say yeah.
1: that, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe really here, you have five reavers and uh, banner of Castorus knights, and that's seventeen fifty.
2: Mm. Yeah, let me just cross this out of my maximal fire bingo. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I think I think we might see. I, I think thinking back, it seems to be every year or so we get a mana or a house, or a household box.
1: We're coming to Christmas, so it'd we'll be good time to, to drop it. The other, the other thing, actually, on a serious note, I actually would, I'd love it to be a, um, which one is it, the Regio Manipul, because I love those fin templates, those Finn terminals. Now I've only got one Warlord one, so give me two more Warlord mm-hmm. ones. Uh, but I think two Warlords and three Warhounds, I think that'd be quite a nice box.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, but we won't see, we won't see three Warhounds in a box.
0: That's a fair point. So
2: two, mm-hmm.
0: war- <laughs> two Warhounds and two Warlords. Good point, well made. Uh, on that point, though, they could do the Mandatum instead. Because that's four, isn't it? Four Warhounds and one mm-hmm. Warlord. Oh, yeah, that could be a good one. That would be quite a cheap box set, though, compared to how the, you know, the price of I'd, everything else.
1: Um, I mean, it would be, yeah, but probably like 90-ish, I guess. Because yeah, 80, 90. Going for recommended retail price, two packs of Warlords is 80. And sixty five for the warlord. You're basically in the warlord for a tenner.
3: Hmm.
2: Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the value with with all these boxes has been incredible, and mm. I mean it, it's still it's the cheapest game to get into if you if you want to play GW games. And yeah, I mean everyone in the hobby can afford like ninety quid to to get a box mm. of five titans, and then you're basically set. Maybe maybe. Add in one of the the starter boxes and a couple of terminals, and you yeah. set for what, like 180 quid.
1: Yeah, and that's... And, and that's the, the starter. It's the best starter. I still say it's the best starter they do because it's the only one that's worth buying. Like as many, how many, how many man, how many do you want to do? Buy two for each legio, and you're I know, sorted.
0: No. I think I'd like to see a an updated Grandmaster box, though um you could mm-hmm. maybe take take the bare bones of the starter kit and add in things like the terrain and maybe a few other bits and pieces as well just so that there's the option of of kind of buying in at a higher level and getting some terrain and something i, I just think that it's going to be one of the bigger boxes that they do next because um it's i think it rotate it seems to rotate doesn't it between manaple box starter set manaple box starter set or, or similar like something yeah. close to
2: that so maybe we're doing a new starter set. Well, what would be great is if we had in the next starter box maybe a separate rule book, like no no pictures, no fluff, no nothing, just rules completely updated with all the FAQs. That would be great.
0: Yeah. I think that's about time, isn't it? But mm. maybe they're building up to a second edition.
1: All right. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm be. still going to say, though, love the O'Connor class,
2: still want smaller Titans. What,
1: new mm-hmm. smaller Titans?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but it okay. seems to be like one titan per year I mean, which
1: in all fairness i have no issue with that. that that's what we're no. gonna do from, from going forward because obviously there's that rumor from that certain youtube channel that oh AT's die 80s AT's gonna be killed off which i don't yeah. see myself if you're gonna kill off any game it'd be aeronautica right now um or maybe actually Warhammer underworld because that does seem to have kind of got to the end of its cycle
2: but we'll see they still need to do the Space Marines and Elder they announced for yeah. Aeronautica, and I think yes. after it will just be faded out. I don't yeah. think they will ever announce like, okay, we're killing Aeronautica or something. Um, but, um, but I think if you're
1: the logical next step is Epic, and so even if you do, if you do Epic and it's not just Epic Horus Heresy, it's Epic. If you're doing Elder and Orc Titans in plastic. Why would you not give? Why would you not also do Titanicus rules? And if you're going to do some new Titans for Epic, why would you not just give it Titanicus rules? So, well, that's where I think I could see which way we're going, and they'll go right. Titanicus is slowing down. Expect one release a year. And if I'm honest, if that just ticks us over, I wouldn't have any issue with that myself.
0: I think we're a few years away
1: from that. I think they're yeah. probably going to be second edition as probably next year as well, because um, four years is roughly the cycle of these things. Blood Bowl got one after four years, nice. obviously. Munda's kind of had many, but that's because the rules weren't quite complete when they came out. And then they did all the small books and they did the big book, bring it all together. And then they did the 3D terrain rules. And, you know, it, it, that's kind of been a bit weird, but four mm. years seemed to be roughly the time scale. So second edition next year, whether that will mean we well to buy new
2: terminals, I don't know, but that's a bridge we'll come across then. I've been saying this ever since I saw the, the announcement of um, the solar war books. Uh, mm. And I, I think that everything 30K related will shift to Solar War. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, if you you look at the amount of work they put into streamlining and aligning all the authors, writing the different books, and then also writing every single faction, even Ultramarines and Dark Angels into the Solar War. There's every single faction you have. Mechanicum, Traitor Mechanicum, the Sisters of Silence, even like esoteric factions like the Saturnines or the, 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 the Gene Smiths of Luna. Um, you have every single faction you have in one system, which is a very confined space, but still big enough for every single engagement you can possibly think of from Bunker Assault to vast uh, epic uh, siege warfare, void warfare. Everything yeah. is there. And if they if they were to do an epic, I think this this is the way to go because yeah. because the I mean after all it's Horus Heresy Adeptus Titanicus right so it's a 30k yeah. system and um, with the news now um, the Siege of Terra uh, 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 glitch they had I don't think it's a glitch but um, yeah
0: glitch and in inverted commas
2: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um, uh, I think it's safe to say that we can we can expect if Titanicus is going that way, we can expect something like this.
1: I, I, I think it's very telling to add to that mm-hmm. as well. They've not done the Siege of Terror book, which mm-hmm. does seem like the obvious book to do, because correct me if I'm wrong. Original Titanicus was set on Earth. It was the I think that was the main battle was the because that's why the box set is um, the main one is was it far, is it was it fire wasp mm-hmm. and Mortis? They were like the the main two original, I believe. I could be completely when you, wrong when this. you
0: say original. Do you mean nineteen eighty eight or yeah? Oh, the,
1: the original box, right. the original Titanicus box from back in the day, I believe, was set on Earth.
4: Yeah. So it would
1: make sense to do a second edition, as you say, link it all in with the new with the new thirty k thirty k edition. Link it all together would make one hundred percent sense, and do a book on Earth because it it, we we, you can't do titanicus without the battle for earth it just seems that just seems silly because that is yes titan death is the biggest battles and you know you've got other you've got other engagements around but the siege of terror where you've got them defending the walls that that's titanicus
2: yeah but have you read mortis um so that this also had it ruined for me all the uh all the um the splintered Legio's and everything. Yeah, yeah they are all also on Terra. So so you, you even have Spoilers. Later, there's <laughs> even Legio Atarus is on on Terra at in that book, without spoiling too much. I'm,
1: I'm, no spoilers, but it's one of my one of my favorite retcons is what they do with all those guys on Earth.
2: Mm-hmm. But also there's there's a lot of and also it's the titans are distinctly chaos mm. so so yeah and I think
1: we've not had mm. those titans yet we've not had the of mm-hmm. titans yet. that's a big thing we've had hints now for almost two years still not yeah. had them <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and perhaps Ben that is why we haven't had the announcement of the loyalist books yet maybe the war master will be book. sorry sorry the traitor book maybe, maybe we will have the war master drop separately maybe. usable as both factions and then they will yeah. drop an upgrade kit or something to go with the um, the traitor book for the only plans. thing with
1: that is for me it makes sense to do the iconoclast class with the traitor book because obviously they did the mm.
3: you want to yeah. give
1: both sides a model when, when you do a big release so they did the loyalist book and they went and here's your war master everyone can use this mm. so it would make sense when they do the traitor book here's your model everyone can use and then a month later or so or at the same time however they're doing the corruptor titans they come out as well mm. but it would make sense to give the loyalist players something
0: yeah, yeah, I get your point. Anyway, I think we should move on. Um, yeah, you wanted to um you have discovered some new YouTube cha- yeah, you've discovered some new YouTube channels, Ben.
1: Yeah, uh well it's anyone it's the one main one really, although a big shout out to Dizzy's work uh, with his English battle reports because I have tried watching the German ones and he's very they're very enthusiastic, but especially as I tend to watch battle reports when I'm painting having something where i have to, i literally have to watch what's going on because mm. it's in german and my german is extremely ropey at best um yeah i it was it's been him do, they, those guys doing their uh english battle ports has been great
2: so keep on doing it um on, oh, mate what's what's wrong, with, what's wrong with german content it's
0: no no this is great
2: how's your german <laughs> uh, my, my german is quite okay good tonight
1: that's all right uh but i found this uh the well they kind of found us because i think they actually liked us on instagram which kind of got me kind of going on a kind of hunt around who's these people following us and then got onto there so um, we were called they're called bottom of the barrel which is i'm going to make sure i get the names right because i've written all this down because i'm awful at names which is sophie and alex i believe yep sophie and alex uh there seem to be like mostly 40k players, but they've done two Titanicus Battle Reports and they are very enthusiastic, very entertaining. Um, and they've got two lovely, uh, painted, uh, painted legio so far. I've got so Loyalist Tempestus and uh, Mortis. And it, it's, it's it's just a fun watch. Don't worry, there's a couple of rule mistakes, but it really doesn't matter because they're just so entertaining. Um, and yeah, so. Definitely give, I'll definitely give those shout outs. uh Their 4K content, I did actually watch one too. Seems pretty good as well. I don't really have any interest in night edition, unfortunately, but it was something
0: quite fun to have on while I was doing some painting. It's nice to see more battle reports as well. Mm. It'll give Chris something to watch.
1: <laughs> but basically, yeah, they just seem like lovely people, and you know the enthusiasm really comes through. They, I mean this. With, all the utmost respects but you know the family guy episode where stewie's like stewie's hitting on some like girls at daycare and he's like he was like, i what he's like talking about watching a tv shows it's like it's very i don't really understand what he's saying but it's very colorful and <laughs> you know it makes me laugh that's kind of <laughs> it was kind of like that level of like this is just great i mean i mean how can i i want to play titanicus yeah yeah they got that right i don't care i what you guys make me want to do more hobby which is what we need more of in the community Absolutely.
0: Yeah. absolutely Um, And I guess the last piece of news is um, we've got another um, event coming up. Well, I say we. Me and Ben are off to an event in Cheltenham in um, the beginning of October, the ruination of Zoth, O4Z. I assume that's part of the name. I couldn't quite work out from the Facebook event. Um, But this is going to be our first narrative event that we'll be going to. It's Red v Blue, I believe.
1: You're cheesing up your list
0: for? Well, I figure if you're going to cheese it up, at least it won't be in a... um, uh, in a tournament where uh, everything's at stake. Yeah, I, I might be I might be taking a fairly cheesy list, but it's not one I've had the opportunity to play. It's just going to be... It's going to be themed. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I think it might also be quite good, inadvertently.
1: I just want to say, I just quickly Googled it, and uh, the first few references, I, I assume it's a made-up bit of fluff, because I can't find... I can't find anything linky. There's nothing obvious. That's fine. There's no issue. There's, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, you know in case you were wondering, because it sounded like you didn't know if you were... as part of the name. I don't think I mess how you... No. Know. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you yeah. say it. Yeah. It doesn't matter okay. how you say it, Peaky.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, well, it's, uh, obviously it's great to see people coming up with, uh, with, with concepts. half the fun, isn't it? I mean, you, you're going to hmm. be running a, a a a narrative... Like I say, it's not, not, not really... not you use the word narrative in inverted it's a commas, campaign, it's a campaign weekend. A,
1: yeah, campaign weekend, which I always say is different because it's more just you're playing match play games, but you are... There's a map, and you're trying to take over areas of a map, and those will have effects on the game rather than kind of having like a story. Mm. There is a rough story, but I'm not that your games, you know, I'm not going to change your game because of the story, but your game will have a story because you, you know, you're, you are zooming in on the map. Basically, we're doing Warhammer Total War, but Titanicus for a campaign weekend. That's, that's nice. the way to think about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: But the main thing that I'm looking forward to about the, um, the Ruination of Zoth is that, A, we're both going and we don't have to run it which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, we're also going to experiment, and it may well, you may never hear anything more of this, but we're <laughs> going to try and do some on-the-fly recording um, when we're there um, and on the way up there. Um, you may hear that if the quality it turns out to be as good as we hope it will. Um, but also, I'm going uh, loyalists, and Ben's going traitor, and it's a narrative weekend, so there may be some... Um, maximal fire on maximal fire hot action to talk about
1: Ooh. this is why i get this why i get <laughs> left in cheltenham because i beat you so badly well
0: yeah <laughs> just remember who's driving driving home who's got the keys yeah
1: that's what i mean i'll I, tra- I get the train from cheltenham yeah it's only awful <laughs> to get the train from cheltenham as i know
0: so we do have some princess questions um As usual, um, we've got quite a few in um, this month. In fact, almost exclusively through our Discord channel and also some which um, Bronco um, got directly sent to him as well. So the first one we got today is um, from Matt at No Games, No Glory through the Discord channel. He says, what painting hobby technique other than airbrush was a game changer for you? Now, for me, I think it would probably be... And you mentioned this earlier, Rudolph, um, oils, utilising oil weathering. I think I'd never experimented with weathering in the same stance that I had with my Titans. And I've, I've messed around with oil, oil paints. I've messed around with water-based oil paints, enamel paints, all those kind of weathering techniques. I think that was probably my biggest game changer. What about, what about you, Rudolph?
2: Yeah, exactly the same. Um. I had a very irrational fear of oil paints and anything enamel based for too many years because it always like only the top tier hobbyists were doing it and always felt like okay this is maybe a little bit too complicated or something but um, I think I I did the first model with oil paints maybe 18-19 months ago um, I was uh a big um night how's it called as uh with mm. this super heavy conversion beamers yes i was my first ever model with oil paints and i i tried this entirely different style and ever since then i never went back mm. so it, it's a total game changer and it it's just so easy <laughs> It's i mean it, it, it almost stood cheating, actually. So that, that's how easy it is. I'll
0: tell you what it is that I think scares people is you paint up that miniature and it looks beautiful, and then mm. you slap all of this brown stuff all over it, and it's very much a trust in the process 100%. Um, technique. Um, because at the end of the day, like you put that oil paint on. If it looks terrible, you just slap a load of thinners over the top of it, and you can take most of it straight back off again. Mm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Ben?
1: Um, in a similar vein, it's enamel, wash- enamel washes for the pin wash effects. Uh, it took me a bit of time to get used to it because it's just very different from what I'm used to doing. But uh, yeah, I think it's a very, very similar idea. It was going to be something a bit different. It's probably finding it in my head around pigments, mm. which I still don't think I've kind of fully mastered. But I'm hoping, having watched some videos, and when I do my desert basing for Krytos, I've got some ideas, and I think I might hopefully be able to take it to the next level.
0: Nice. I mean, I, th- I think all of these things that we've mentioned here is stuff... I think it's the product of YouTube in the last five years or so. I mm-hmm. mean, wh- when I think about enamel paints, I think about humbrol, and I think about train sets, yeah. and I think yeah. about waiting hours for these things to actually dry. But of course, it's, it's, it's not where it's at anymore. It's like all bringing all of these different mediums together uh, mm. it, it, it just seemed seems strange at first. You know, you paint these models with acrylic paints, and you, it, acrylic is the medium for painting these. I'd never ever considered, well, what happens if I slap an oil paint over the top of it? Mm. I, I, I think I would have just assumed that it would have just ruined the undercoat or something like that. And, and yeah. so I think it's just from the, the the continuing accessibility of some of these proper. A grade painters sharing their wealth of knowledge on mm. on YouTube. That's kind of really opened it up to everybody else. Okay, um, so the next question we've got this is at, um, directed to you, Rudolph. Uh, so this is uh, from Dave at Splayed Paintbrush. He says, "Do you prefer to work on buildings or vehicles?" I guess that's in response to the Samson success.
2: Yeah, um, definitely buildings. <laughs> Um, the Samsung. It's just the whole process of making a, a vehicle is so painful. <laughs> it's just really. Uh, I still have it up here. Now, um, oh, wait. There's a little bit of rumbling and everything. But if I uh, turn you around, you can see my messy office. But you can see here. You can see this on the on the whiteboard so this is
0: obviously this is obviously because it's a radio platform (laughs) we can see these beautiful things but there's some massive yeah yeah. i know Uh, just massive prints out
2: i still have the concept sketches for this and this the Samsung has been a project that went on for a couple of months um because in order to have a vehicle that makes sense optically and and also technically um, you have to go through a lot of iterations. And when you're settled on the design, you, you still have to think, okay, how can I make this into a kit? And then you have to think, how can I make it in a way that tolerances work for all the different printers out there? And then you have to think about how can I make it in a way that people with smaller printers can also print it? So so there, there's, there's a lot of work going into these. Um, whereas buildings... Um, you're pretty much confined to certain certain measurements and the other the only thing you need to think of is okay how 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 does it look like like what's the design is it visually pleasing that's it so this is a much quicker process but also it's it's something I very much enjoy but still I mean although it's very painful to create vehicles um it's fun and maybe in the future I will do another one because the 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 Samsung still needs a couple of interceptors to go with and um also I I did make a a couple of uh, civilian vehicles last month like a lorry and a forklifter and stuff yeah but uh, if I have the choice definitely buildings
0: Mm, yeah um I I for one look forward to more more vehicles, even if they are a pain for you to do, like like I say, yeah. I think this would be nice <laughs> to see some.
1: I'd say George has actually painted up the lander, and it. it um, I got to see it on Friday, and it was absolutely amazing.
0: It's such a weight of resin as well. Like when it's yeah. printed, like you don't you weren't understating it at all. You want to say it's a big kit. I, I I saw it for the first time at our tournament in um, July, and Goldie uh, of Goldie's Prince had oh, yeah. created mm. a table, and he brought his, and I picked it up, and you know when. When you pick something up and you don't expect it to be as heavy as mm. it is, and so yeah. you don't put enough effort into actually lifting it up, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, mm. it's a proper weight of kit.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, it needs to be heavy because it needs to have a certain sturdiness because it, mm. it's a long, frail bow, and, and you have, like, the, the front and the, the back. Okay. Um, but this is already hollowed wherever you can, mm. so... Yeah. Yeah, the uh
1: the containers are hollowed, which was uh, I was quite a bit surprised by, it, but it does make sense.
2: Yeah, but, but also the um the bow and the aft are also hollow. So wherever wherever you can save resin, you you've got to save mm-hmm. resin, but but still it's uh it's a massive kit. But I mean it's um it almost blocks a warhound. That's how mm-hmm. high it is. And oh, it's, yeah, it's massive.
0: Yeah. Especially it's... when you stick it on the landing pad. hmm
2: Yeah, then mm-hmm. it blocks it. Mm-hmm
0: yeah nice okay next up we've got Stu at livid fish paints um he also says and again directed at you i I get the impression that all of the questions people are obviously bored at talking to us and they've just leaped on this opportunity to uh, to throw all these questions at you bronco celebrities
1: free content on discord
0: i think so yeah (laughs) um i think maybe we need to have a word with our patrons to say oi this is about us you know you should be asking us (laughs) questions like it's starting to hurt my frail ego. Um, but no, it's, in, in all seriousness, he says, what, what are your thoughts on producing non-imperial style pieces? And a question for extra credit, um, when are you going to be updating your most excellent Lazy Princeps guide? Asking <laughs> from a Lazy Princeps.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a Lazy Princeps too, so this is why I made it. Um, so let me answer the Lazy Princeps guide first. Uh, I've been in touch with the Gunhammer guys, and they gave excellent feedback on the current version of the Lazy Princess Guide. And I have all the writings done, but I just haven't had the time to to lay out it. So, mm. how much more he's adding? Um, no, but. I accidentally deleted the original file, so I have to lay it. (laughs) Well, okay. That's not going to help, then. (laughs) So so much for file organization. But, um, yeah, that's me being an idiot, and that's why it's taking so long. Um, The other question is, um, yes, I have a lot of thoughts on non-imperial stuff. But I still feel like that there's um a lot of things that I need to tackle in order to have a good basic range for imperial stuff. So, for example, um, with the Mechanicum styled buildings, I still haven't done power generation as a topic. Like we still don't know how to power all these buildings. Um,
1: batteries. And-
2: hmm? Batteries, yeah, but yeah. I have battery trains, I have battery lorries, but they still need to be charged. So I'm, I'm thinking about some double A, some... giant double A batteries, like <laughs> Titanica scales. A lot of them, yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yeah, there, there's still a couple of things that I need to do first, um, but also I need to extend my skill set a little bit because I have um, a couple of things in mind when it comes to non or the, the let's call it the non-typical imperial buildings does that make sense like yeah. yeah yeah so um let me elaborate a little bit um so there, there is actually this i think three two three non-imperials that i would like to do which is first of all the interacts which mm. i imagine like very friendly very transparent high-rise open buildings with a lot of green inside like like when you like when you look at science fiction from the 60s and and they have these shiny utopian cities you know like with flying cars and everything so Mm. this is this is how i imagined the interacts because they they're like the 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 contrast thing to the, the 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 Imperium that where everything is like highly militarized and and grim and and made for to 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 or to beat down people rioting and, and functional. so on. yeah, and and also it's functional and and it's very brutalist. Um, and the interacts I, I imagine those to always be the exact opposite. Um, then I would love to do Elder Terrain because I'm I'm a huge fan of the the book Master of Mankind and. We know that there have been Titan engagements in the webway So this is like a very in the in a very far future. Maybe I do a, a Webway um table. Oh, that'd,
1: be, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool.
2: Yeah. Um because this is this I like the it's it's an entirely different style of of buildings, like super different. But I, I need still need to think about a way of making those modular in a way and also make them printable. Um yeah, so this is this is going to be a little bit complicated, and then um, also very thematic um, is the architecture of the Istvan system, uh, system mm-hmm. because this is also non-imperial. Um, reading the books, I always imagined it a little bit Byzantine, like when you, as a reference, when you think about the the Hagia Sophia in in Istanbul. Um, yeah. Like having, having, uh, round roofs and lots of tiny turrets and, and stuff like this. So that the, those are the non imperial types of buildings I would like to do. And, um, when it comes to not so common imperial lines, um, I have very concrete plans for Gene Smith's of Luna, um, like Luna bases, um, and how I would do those Uh, then I would like to extend a little bit into night households like going all all medieval with lots of tiny flags on the roofs and and, and tiny roofs in the corners Mm -hmm. and so on
0: Would you go kind of full feudal in that kind of... Yes,
2: definitely It's a little bit like techno feudal if if (laughs) I can say so Um, and then definitely because I'm a Thousand sons player, um, Prospero. 100% 100% mm. um, and uh, last but not least uh, th- th- this is again something where no artworks exist um, is the Australis and the Borealis fortresses of Legio Sinister mm. so to have like s- and- super super arcane buildings um, let's see how, how it turns out because there, I mean there's plenty of stuff to do and this is the stuff I enjoy most to, to create something that hasn't been done. Uh, like for example, the Ford or something. So those just don't existed before I made them. And this is, this is the most rewarding type mm. of type of design if, actually.
0: From a personal point of view that, you know, the thought of, of Tiska um, is very, very exciting. I think, cause you, you'd, again, you'd get that kind of something which is very much in, embedded in the law of, um, of 30k you know prospero mm-hmm. and those pyramid buildings mm-hmm. um with it being quite a contrast to the other stuff that you know you and games workshop have kind of have put out over the over the years yeah i it's it i i'm a big thousand suns fan as well like it's mm-hmm. it's been something that i've always wanted to do but i've never gotten around to doing it and i think you know 30k might be the option for uh, opportunity for me to do thousand suns finally but yeah some of that in 80 scale would be lovely
2: yeah that, but that's the rewarding thing about the the 80 scale um because you can you can actually build larger areas of scenery
0: yeah i mean mm-hmm. that all sounds fantastic yeah okay so the next question um was from tyler aka daniel i, th- I think you've already touched on this earlier on but um, mm-hmm. he says if you could start again what would you do differently and why
2: um very quickly i've I would have introduced a part management system early on yeah. um, because this was very painful work, um, and yeah, the, this is the main main thing I would have done differently. Um, also, yeah. I would have skipped Patreon, I think, because Patreon as a platform is a bad experience, um, especially when you're located in Germany, because they give you receipts in CSV format and. Right. <laughs> the collection office is not very amused about these yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, then next up I guess um, Tyler again and also a similar question came in from Rod he says what project excites you the most uh, but you think is too daunting or don't have the capacity to commit to yet
2: Mm, yeah Webway the Webway uh, architecture because again it's it's a new new skill set that I need for this and Also breaking it down. I mean, it's, it's, but this is, this is the thing with everything non imperial. Um, imperial stuff, because of all the STC logic behind it, it's very easy to break down. And it's also okay to have repetitive, um, patterns and and repetitive parts because this is how the imperium builds stuff. Um, and that's, that's the common design language. They, no matter if it's a tank or a building or a flyer or something, you always see the same the same language in in the design and and with non-imperial stuff that will be entirely different um there would be much more diversity so you can um an elder city i mean they basically they sing cities into being so they, most likely every single building is entirely different from all other buildings so and, how... and there's a
0: more there's a more organic kind of feeling to them as well isn't <laughs> there
2: yeah and and super asymmetrical and lots of detailing and little runes and gems and everything. So this is, this has to be prepared very thoroughly in order to make it look nice and also make it printable at the same time. Mm. So that's, I think that's the most daunting thing.
0: Okay. And then we've got one last question. Well, it's a double question, I suppose, also from Rod. He says, um what's a project you'd like to do, but seems unfeasible. And, uh, do you have any weapons or units you'd like to see um, from either new, uh, see either made new or from old epic?
2: There's a lot of things I would like to see, and the good thing is that um, Neil from uh, Artisans of War. Every time I think about something, uh, he seems to be reading my mind, and then it comes <laughs> up like a couple of weeks later. So I don't need to worry about this. <laughs> so every time I see something a um, couple of weeks later, he does it. So it's. I don't need to, to worry about this. I,
0: I would I would check your computer for um, viruses and cookies. Maybe he's, uh, you know, know, he's sc- scanning, scanning me, your, uh, <laughs> got some tracker
2: software on you or something.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, and what about the, the project that seems unfeasible?
2: Mm, the main thing that makes stuff unfeasible is the confinements we have because of the technology at the moment. So everything that's too long or too symmetric or or too tiny to fit into each other like um, there's a lot of like th- th- there's there's one common thing about the people that that buy grim terrain and and do 3d printing and and also um play titanicus first of all they're all bleeding megalomaniacs they they like like big stumpy <laughs> robot robots and like these these robots and titans crashing into stuff and so on. So so this is what they enjoy. But at it the doesn't. same time, yeah, exactly. I mean, a silly question. But, but um, at the same time, they enjoy world building to an extent that almost is too detailed. Um, and sometimes I have ideas or sometimes also I receive. So I, I have this request design request um, system on my website so members can actually put in design requests and then every month when i have a couple of hours left i I browse through and pick a few and and make them and um, very often there's the need for functional parts like doors that slide in to buildings or i don't know working cogs or maybe pistons and, and stuff like this and and i think this is um, this is you, you could design this naturally in 3D, but it, it's super hard to print. I suppose
0: mm. you mean uh, so the they moment, would physically work.
2: Yes, yes. Mm. I think at the moment this is impossible. Um, another thing that would technically be possible is um, putting in little uh, little tubes into everything, so you could um, run wires through it and put yeah. L- LEDs there
0: you mentioned earlier on obviously um artisans of all he's just designed some really nice looking banners and he's done exactly that because mm-hmm. one of the main problems with banners that i've had in my experience that have been printed on resin okay. have been yeah very fragile mm-hmm. um whereas he's designed these specifically to to run k um wire or bra- or thin yeah. brass rod yeah to fix them to your titans so yeah, yeah.
2: but i was more thinking about electrical wiring Ah so, right, okay. So you could have um, for example, a landing pack with position lights, hmm. something like that. So you could have actual LEDs built into the kit. I mean this is of course this is a, a pain to build, <laughs> but and also it's a it's a super painful to print. Um I'd say it's close to impossible to print, but but this is these are the things that I think we are too limited by the technology of our times insert howard stark meme here and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah great
0: okay well it's been quite an in-depth chat uh the first half today um uh, i guess like we it's always a case isn't it when uh these things it's like buses they they come come along at the same time there's been so much news so much going on it's been a very very busy month for an august mm. um but I think what we'll do now is we're going to take a very short break, and um, when we come back after um, the dulcet tones of um, Battle Bling have uh, wooed your ears, then uh, we will get into our Legio Ataris deep dive. So stay with us, and we'll see you in a few seconds.
4: Princeps, does your Titan need a refit? Refit. Refit. Are your locomotives feeling sluggish? Sluggish. Sluggish. Do your machine spirits need lifting? Lifting. Lifting. If the answer to any of these is yes, then head on over to BattleBling on the Etsy store. Our range of new parts, conversion kits, weapon upgrades, alternative loadouts, and retro war gear will have your Titan ready for battle and make them the envy of any god emperor. BattleBling, gaming accessories, bringing the bling to your battlefield. Warning, BattleBling products may contain awesome.
1: And welcome back, guys. So, uh, now we're going to do our deep dive into the Firebrands, or Legio, something I can never quite pronounce properly.
0: It's however you want to pronounce it. Atarus, Atarus. Are, are there any other pronunciations? I call them Atarus. I'm going to call them Atarus for the purposes of this. A Taurus, yes. Atarus, Atarus, Atarus. Atarus? Atarus. I'm, I, yeah, I'm taking it to Northern. Hey, Taurus! <laughs> 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 but for the purposes of this, Deep Dive will say a, a, a Taurus. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go Firebrands. Cause... Okay, yeah, Firebrands also works, doesn't it? Can I
1: just say, you, uh, sorry, I didn't even the realisation, they didn't get their decals back. Unlike every other Loyalist Legion that had decals, decals done by GW, they didn't get theirs back. Yeah, that's right. And it's really annoying because their decal set was amazing. It was almost as good
0: as Kratos's. You, you get the kind of white ones, don't you? The sort of, yeah, they're, ones they're fine, in the...
1: But they had, like, freaking swords on fire. Yeah. And they're currently £75 on eBay.
0: I'd never even considered that before you said that. But, yeah, you're entirely mm. right. They released pretty much all of the... I can't think of another Legio that got them released that they didn't...
2: £75 quid? Yeah. on eBay. Holy cow. Because people are... Words beginning with A, ending
1: in holes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And here we come back to the discussion about the secondary market of Games Workshop, and especially with uh, (laughs) A.P. But anyway, moving on, let's not go down that rabbit hole, because we'll be there for a long time. Mm. So, Legio Ataris, the firebrands. Very popular Legio. We decided to bring this one forward in our list, because we've actually had quite a few requests from some patrons as well who thought that um that they'd really like to hear uh, a bit more about this legio um and chris from tabletop standards painted up some really nice legio ataris if you want to go and have a look at um some excellently well-paid play uh painted reavers go have a look at chris at tabletop standard i'm just trying to remember that. who's the, who's the chap who got best painted at the tournament because he had ataris Oh well, considering I wasn't there at the tournament for more than about two hours, well, I, I can't fine. help out there. Be
1: like, be like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. No. Yeah. Obviously, he won best painted, didn't he? For his one second, I'll Google I'll Google.
2: It. Yeah, while you Google, I can shout out my neighbour who also has has very nicely painted Ataros. Um, it's at Lord Leonatus on Instagram. Ah, so. uh, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I follow... It's it's really funny. Like, you so, you see these names constantly mm. on um, Instagram, and I follow him, he follows me. Like, yeah. And it's amazing how, how how often these names kind of pop up. But, yeah, he's got some really nice stuff.
1: I had the same thing with the... It was at the bottom of the barrel, guys. They put their Instagram handles up. I'm like, okay, I'll go and follow them. Oh, we're both already all following each other already. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, it was wa underscore as
0: gob uh, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah okay. and, and i know what you mean
0: i'm following him on instagram as well
1: his ataris are absolutely amazing it's it's that he's yeah uh, just just go look him up he's got a really nice red We actually airbrushed with contrast paints Ah, so uh contrast um let it the flesh chairs one right so i believe was that, was that over a metallic or I can't remember saying that now. I've had That might not have been him. I've had a lot of Ataris players tell me how they paint their stuff, and I've got <laughs> quite a few different schemes in my head. I'm that was him.
0: Well, it's good <laughs> to have you along anyway, um, Rudolph, as somebody who's actually had some experience playing against Ataris. Um, is he your kind of main opponent then, is he?
2: Uh, yeah, it's in my city the only opponent available. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's, good. it's been like, it's been like uh, me and George were basically for the
1: first like a year and a half of playing the game until we got everyone else into it.
0: Have you considered going door-to-door and dropping round Corsair flyers to people? Just, yeah. <laughs> have you heard the
2: words? Do you have a minute to talk about our lord and saviour, Adeptus Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course,
1: uh, just, give, just give away the, the rule book packs you get from all the starter sets.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> um, just to say, elevator, just to quickly go before we start, is it fair to say before the Loyalist book, these guys were the Krytos of the Loyalists?
0: There was a couple of things which...
1: Um... They weren't great before no. they got the quite nice buff in the loyalist book
0: there, there was a few i think there was some stratagems um yeah. and i think it was their was it their legio trait which you had to do on the first turn on the first yeah. turn mm. and was quite yeah. restrictive which they changed um but looking again now they, they've actually you know they're, they're a pretty they're nice. pretty decent they're up there um and it's you know, the, the, I don't think. Unfortunately for Kratos, um, I don't think that there's anything on the loyalist side which comes close to the level of that. I
1: I think it was them. I think they were probably better than Kratos still because their trash gems actually did something. Yeah, but I think they were they were kind of parable. And so it's just just interesting for me. Someone who's now a diehard Kratos player for the whole month. <laughs> 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 but just looking at the upgrades between what they
0: used to be and hmm. what they are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, hopefully this will all be addressed. And if if they don't do something with Kratos, I know we talked about Kry- Kratos a lot this yeah. episode, but if they don't do something with Kratos <laughs> in the Traitor Legion, then somebody needs to walk up to um, head office and uh, and give somebody some slaps because you, you
1: know what our first deep dive is once the Traitor Book comes out, don't you? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, not not Furians. <laughs> We've discussed Furians. Come <laughs> on, Mom. we need to uh, maybe. start maybe start maybe loving Furians, Furians again. Um, anyway, Legio Ataris. four traits. Um, they have one, um, one actual trait, two stratagems, and one uh, Legio-specific war gift um, on top of their usual three personal traits. So their Legio trait is seizing the initiative. Firebrand's crew uh, crews need little prompting to take the initiative, and Titans within the maniples are often on the move even before their Princeps senioris issues the order to attack or advance. Firebrand's commanders have learned to exploit the independent nature of the Princeps under their control and often array their forces as aggressively as possible. So once per battle a force that contains at least one Legio Ataris Maniple may re-roll the dice roll to determine who will choose the first player uh, but only if they rolled lower than their opponent. If they win this roll off then they must nominate themselves as the first player. So as we said I think this was one which had some changes and now you can do it whenever you kind of want i think this is kind of quite it's, it's a good little ability because it's often that role can be um can can be what decides a game ben hmm. what's your thoughts
1: oh no, it's great it's, as we kind of alluded to it used to be only on the first turn the turn you don't want to go first and i have the sort of same thing if you if you win the dice roll you have to go first and say so it's the turn that it's the least important turn to go first Gen- generally obviously I'm sure there's some exceptions out there. Um, Many of you want to play Vox Blackout and your opponent's not playing any trash gems.
3: That's
1: 10. But ignoring that. But no, this is great. Um, this is kind of... It's almost like um, it's almost like getting... What's the uh, uh, senior trait? Um, yeah. Um, oh, my brain's gone dead.
0: Strategist? Dominant strategist.
1: Dominant, dominant, man, dominant yeah. strategist. It's almost like having Dominant Strategist heart-ish. It's not quite as good because that's literally at the start of any phase you go, I'm now the first player. Which, you know, so you can let your opponent move first and then you can shoot first, or you can wait to see if they get a charger order off and if they get the charger order off, then you can take initiative and completely nerf that charge order. So that is still better, but I mean, if you take dominant strategist and this that's two turns and two turns, two very important turns you can be you're guaranteeing you're getting the initiative you're you're getting that first hit when you need it later in the game
0: yeah it's almost kind of like you can dominate that kind of control element yeah. of the game yeah um, um, especially if you get a bit more
1: combat focused which obviously we have talked about for loyalists isn't always the best obviously you could run firebounds as traitors if you wanted to personally wouldn't but you can do if you want to uh, but yeah, you can still do some. You can put you know, you can still like have a couple of reavers with like chain fist or something and get that get that important charge off before your opponent does, or you know that that important first fire off, before they can um, get away from you or anything like that. You know, there's some really it, it's it's good. I mean, as I say it used to be garbage, and now it's a very
2: useful rule.
0: What's uh, what's been your experience, Rudolph, of playing against this?
2: Um... Unlike Ataru's Princeps, uh, my main auto- opponent is not too aggressive when it comes to pushing and seizing initiative, so he, he rarely makes use of it. So I um, can't really tell. All I know about it is from theory, from like reading articles and reading blogs.
0: Okay, well, moving on to their first stratagem. Um, so they have uh, it's a one-pointer. It's called Impetuous Machine Spirit, Years of war and headstrong commanders have given the machine spirits of Firebrand's traitors their own impetuous personalities. Firebrand's traitors. What did I say? Titans, Firebrand's traitors. <laughs> the Firebrand's oh. traitors. Firebrand's titans. Uh, their own impetuous personalities. <laughs> oh, I'm reading this from a book as well. Like, I'm, not, I'm doing this to get it right. Let's start again. Years of war and headstrong commanders have given their machines the machine spirits of Firebrand's titans their own impetuous personalities. When the Machine Spirit takes control of the Titan, it is even more determined than ever to close a distance with its foes. This stratagem can be purchased by any Legio Ataris player. Reveal this stratagem when a Legio Ataris Titan would be required to make a roll on the Machine Spirit table, rather than rolling a Legio Ataris player may instead choose to automatically apply the impetuous result, rolling d6 plus 2 rather than d6 to determine the distance moved. List-specific Maybe for this
1: particular yeah, one? I would say so. It's um the problem is that I, I'm trying to think the, the um I'm trying I'm trying to think of the rules interaction. If you went on a charge order and then you went to boost your movement and you did this, I don't think you'd still get the charge attack at the end of this because this move would replace the charge move yes. effectively. Yeah. So it's not even like it's a good counter to failing, you know, you got your charge order off, you go, I'm gonna push, oh damn, I've um you know I, I, haven't, you know, I've woken the machine spirit. up Now I'm not going to go as far, so it's, it's fine. Uh, What's well, probably the best for? Because any one point, so is You know, so it's quite often you have got one point you need, you need to spend. Is wanting to push your titans on turn one? Because there's nothing more annoying than having a titan that fails the react, you know, fails the machine spirit on turn one, ends up right at the back of the board, where everything else yeah. is raced off. At least you're getting up the board, minimum three inches, potentially six inches. Which obviously if something actually, like a warlord potentially eight inches. Oh, eight inches. So potentially eight inches. Um, yeah, but something like a warlord.
0: It's, it's actually a big boost. So it's something that if you fail on a full stride or something, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's that kind of like you, you fail a full stride. You fail... Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to get much of an advantage if you're going to be um, charging. But like on a full stride. There's definite um, benefits there. Obviously, if you get shot as well, of course. If you're a close combat legio, somebody shoots you, you push your reactor to um, uh, boost your shields. You know, you're getting that little bit further forwards. So
1: it's um, a bit like... I remember trying when the Loyalist Book first dropped. I tried the... uh, What's the upgrade where every time you fail a power machine spirit, you um, do the shooting one?
0: The wrathful. Wrathful. Um, I can't remember
1: the upgrade's called... But the problem is with that, you need to be rolling the reactor dice enough times that you're going to get that get that result. Then you actually need to fail it. It's just a lot of moving parts. Now, I mean, yes, we all know like, you know the amount of times you've got, I'm going to charge, got the charge order off. Oh, I'm pushing it. Oh, I've rolled the machines, but I can't charge. It, it does happen, but it doesn't happen. I don't know if it happens often enough to take this. I don't know.
0: If there's only a point
1: that's blind barrage or concealment barrage or barrage that's the problem that's yeah too, that's probably better for the point
0: i can see the point in taking a war gear option where where it does something like this because you know you're you're basically taking that as a mitigation and like i said i can't, the the war gear option for um the one which applies the wrathful result is every time so if you've got it on a big titan like a, war, yeah. a warlord with um yeah a you, know, it, it, you might get a lot more play out. It's almost like a reserve. It's like a... But, a, a, a... But to, to
1: get the most out of that, you have to roll the reactor dice a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the kind of the issue of it. Um, I think I there's probably better things to spend it on. Um, the other thing as well, is you got to remember with Raffle, is you have to move towards the nearest enemy model, which might not actually be the model you actually want to move towards. Yes. Um, so there is definitely some downsides there. It... It's alright. I'm glad it's a point. Let's put it that way. If it was two points, it would be utter garbage. For one point, I probably wouldn't take it. So, um, as you probably know, Piki, we've had a few conversations recently. I'm quite up on trying to take Legio rules. If you're going to do a Legio, I believe, try and take a lot of the options. Because mm. otherwise, you're going to tell like, one option, are really, you really playing the Legio? No, you could probably get a similar experience out of other Legios and use more the rules. The thing I would say the Firebrands is they have three other abilities which are all really good. And you probably don't need to take this one.
0: No. I guess if you mm. if you if you're at a loss, right, of something to take, can't decide what to take, it's yeah. one point. If you've got eight
1: points, but the other stratum's two points, and I probably would take that almost every game. Does mm. does
0: Leonardus take this, Rudolph? No, I've yeah. never
2: I've never seen this in, in the field.
0: The the war gear option we were talking about was spark of vengeance. I think it's one of those things though, if you don't see it out in the in the wild, it's probably not worth not worth taking. But like I say, it's list list dependent. If you've got an aggressive list that relies on moving forwards, then yeah. You know, and sometimes obviously as well you if you're playing objective based mm. games, you know, any any additional movement to get you closer towards an objective mm. or to a an opponent's goods.
2: I could I could see this in uh different setups in the open engine war, mm. um, carts, where movement is very often key, mm. um, but also what Ben said, uh, with now almost every war- warlord having tracking gyroscopes, it, it can make the extra movement to, to walk into the carapace distance. Mm. So, especially when you have lighter engines and and you walk into the Carapace distance, that could be something, not necessarily necessarily charging them, but, you know, just preventing fire.
0: I I suppose the advantage of this one is that unlike the War Gear option that you assign to a Titan, it's just one you can keep up your pocket and Mm -hmm. just spend on any Titan that you think you might get an advantage out of it. It may only be that... Well, you know, you have one titan that happens to fail it, and just you just chuck it on that one, just because then you never know if you might go, you might not trigger it again. The rest of the game,
2: yeah. Or when you when you have a very hot reactor and you know this titan is going to explode very soon, you can play mm-hmm. it and, yeah. and move the titan closer to to your opponent. I'm pushing move for no reason.
0: <laughs> That's actually <laughs> yeah. a really a really good excuse to use it. Um, I. I actually did that
1: again against George in our big game. I moved this Warhound up to one of his Titans, and then turned it twice. One uh, turned it twice one way, then moved back to then deliberately turn it the fourth time,
0: just to push the reactor that another time. <laughs> 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 no gaming the system. Yeah, uh, just just <laughs> getting as much heat as I could on it. Of course. Okay. Um, so the the, the next Legio specific strategy. And this is the one that when people start talking about Lygia Ataris, this is often the the trait which is referenced by many people and this is a two-pointer it's called maniple of one mm-hmm. um, many princeps cannot be uh, see beyond the ancient tactical doctrines laid down by the Collegia titanica not so the firebrands who practice the theorems of adaptive warfare this is the most evident in their flexible approach to the concept of the maniple individual princeps often changing their tactics in midst of combat the stratagem can be purchased by any legio ataris player the Legio Ataris player may reveal this stratagem at the beginning of any round, and for the duration of that round, one Titan and their force may gain the benefits of any Maniple trait normally available to Legio Ataris. Note that whilst the stratagem is in effect, the chosen Titan loses any other Maniple trait it may have, and does not count as being part of any other Maniples. Now, This also kind of ties into a question we got from George um, on our Discord channel. He was saying, like, with regards to this stratagem... Um, you can obviously apply this to titans which wouldn't necessarily have Maniple rules. So this could be like um, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, not um, un, 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 unassigned titans. Um, but there's another word for it, Ben. I can't think what uh, it is. Su- support? Uh, no, not necessarily. Auxiliary? Auxiliary. Well, all of that is relevant, yeah. But also just the, you know a titan which you've taken outside of a maniple, Um so like you take a ferox and you decide to take a um a, a warlord as well in your list it's not part of the maniple it's just a, an attached warlord um, and the warmaster is is one of those as well and so these titans which don't normally have access to manipules you can use the stratagem to give them a free boost for one turn and he says you know on the maniple of one when using it on a warmaster which maniple would you pick and why is it extergamous? But like, I wouldn't pick Exergamus.
1: You don't need the extra
0: strength. It's already strength, what, 15?
1: Mm-hmm. On, on, on potentially got um, Fusion? Hmm. Don't you know, um, what would I take? Ferox?
0: Yeah. No extra heat, just the plus one. The scale, size, you're getting a, what is it, 12? 12, 12 inch?
1: It's their, it's, their, it's their scale, isn't
0: it? So on a War Master, it would be 12.
1: Yeah, because getting carapace, the carapace weapons wouldn't work. But Ferox, Ferox could be good.
0: Um, but you can use this... The, the, the beauty, I think, of Manipul of One is that you, you can just use it on any Titan to do something different with it and be flexible. Like, if you have taken an... Corsair Xpec- Manipul, <laughs> If you've taken a Corsair Manipul, and for some reason you don't want to be a Corsair Manipul for a turn, and instead you want to get plus two on that, you know, be an extergimus for a turn for that one Titan. Just, um, like, there's so many options. What
1: else could be... See so this is where a lot of maniples don't work. Like Venator doesn't work because cool. If you're a Reaver, then you still need the you still need Warhounds in your maniple, they with the rule to, to bring down the shields. So really it's Extergimus um, Ferox or Corsair. Of course. Corsair. They're the main they're the main three. I guess you could do some of the ones which could like allow like you to do first fire on a two up. Hmm. Or um, the one which is if you don't uh, was it? I don't think forces would work, would it? Because you need two of them for the main abilities to work.
0: What you're hinting at there is that often there's the wording, isn't there? Which is like when a titan in yeah. this manipul does this, yeah, then a titan can do this. Um, like uh, like
1: rupture wouldn't work, I guess, unless you really wanted to boost your reaver for free. I guess. Um, but it's probably not worth it for two points to make a reaver when you can spend a one point jump so you can do it every turn. <laughs>
0: but no, I, I think if you're not taking a Corsair, having the ability to all of a sudden sidestep out of the way hmm. of an incoming charge is you know, is, is Corsair, pretty useful.
1: Ferro, yeah, I think Corsair, Ferrox, so, or uh, Sergius, they're, they're the main three, they're the ones which are, like just you'd probably do most of the time. Then there might be some edge cases like being able to like. Uh, what's the one we can like? emerge... There's one of them. What's which one is it? your pound or two up. Is that the pre precept? No. No precepts. Is you choose a. Um, you choose a order, and then you uh, you do it. Easy, you do it easier. But there's. um I've got the book. I've got the book right here.
0: Yeah, the problem with running a podcast is you talk about these things so often that they all start blurring into one. Well, I'm rubbish <laughs> at manipul names. I uh, I'd, you know, I know them
1: by manipul rules. That's my main problem. Uh, so you could do the what's the one from the main rule book? The one which I do split spit fire or first fire on a two up.
0: Yeah, the perpetua that is can, the one which is the emergency repair. On so
1: that that could that could be useful. Just be, you know, you're in that situation. I need to emergency repair this put turn. So do on two up. I would also say though, again. You've got um, especially if you're playing Loyalist, You've also got you got iron resolve you can just automatically, if you fail, you can just pay for one your point, automatically pass it. So whether that's a worthwhile use of it or not, arguably not, because it's half the points. Yeah, it's, 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 it's those three. I, I, don't, I can't think of many other ones which would be worth it for
2: the two points. Um, Does that hold true in your experience, Rudolph? Again, I've never seen him use this. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. That's. Is he playing the right lead, Joe? <laughs> yeah, i don't
0: know i i have to question him <laughs> this is i, I mean I, to to me this is po- possibly one of the, the standout traits um mm, I, I think it's a good
1: trait i think so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I, th- I think it's a good stratagem
0: mm, absolutely. i just think you are you're just a bit more limited than you would think mm. but for two um, points it's in a it's in a reasonable sweet spot it's not mm. too expensive mm-hmm. and it's also not it's not super cheap, but at two points in most games, I think you'd probably consider te- unless you're your neighbour, um, you'd consider taking this in a um, in a game. And and in answer to George's question, I think f- with a War Master, I think I'd be tempted to chuck on a Corsair for a turn, and just be yeah. able to move that, you know, out of its arc or sideways. Or
1: only problem with that I could see again talking about other stratagems, kind of might be better off is um is long retreat a maniple or is it all titans in your formation
0: off the top of my head i don't know i think it's, it's long all... retreat is
1: basically corsair maniple for a turn
0: boosted because and... you can boost the speed yeah mm.
1: so it's, it's better it's best in the corsair turn. and again that if that's your game plan it might be better to run that because then all your titans it's one point as well so yeah. all your titans get to do it for a turn so
0: yeah. good point. Uh,
1: I think that I think that I think that's where it's actually priced quite almost awkwardly, because there's only one Titan that gets it. So it's probably right, it's probably actually just Extergimus or Ferrox, depending on whether you can take the heat or not and how close you are.
0: I think though it does it's it's the surprise element. I think hmm. it is there's a lot of weight on the surprise element where you'll never quite know exactly what, what they're gonna do if they're gonna take that. It gives you because you don't have to say, "Okay, I'm taking Manipul of one, and it's going to be an extergamus I change to you can look at the situation you've got on the tabletop, and you can weigh your circumstances against a you know what might work for you or help you turn the tide, or or what have you. Um, I like it; it's a good little stratagem. I'd take it if I was running a Taurus. Um, and the last one that they have is their Legio-specific war gear. So this is Infernus missiles. Mm. Um, Legio Ataris Titans make extensive use of incendiary missiles, weapons that are produced in vast numbers on Atar Median and supplied almost exclusively to the firebrands, and that are highly effective against supporting units and terrain. Any Legio Ataris Titan armed with Apocalypse Missile Launchers, Apocalypse Missile Arrays, or an Apocalypse Missile Launcher can, upgrade, can be upgraded to have furnace missiles, so plus 25 points, as so long as each Titan does not already have an upgrade affecting that weapon. Each of the Titan's weapons must be upgraded separately. A weapon with this upgrade gains the Void Breaker 2 trait. In addition, if that unit suffers at least one hit from a weapon with this upgrade, place a 5 inch blast marker under the unit. In the end phase, any model with at least part of its base on the marker takes a strength 4 hit, ignoring Void Shields and Ion Shields. After resolving any hits, the fire goes out and the marker is removed. Titans suffer this hit to their legs, and in addition, blocking terrain touched by this marker takes a strength 4 hit, um, and if not destroyed, is set alight. In the end phase, burning terrain suffers strength 4 and deals strength 4 hit to any models in, in it as detailed above. Then the fire goes out." Now that last part is very specific to if you are using your um, the, the extra rules with, with mm. the, the building mm. weapons so i mean mm. fine but let's i think we let's ignore that let's move on i think the bulk of this is the first part
1: I, I would say that this is how you this is how you do those special rules you give them a normal rule that's good and then you add in the optional rule impacts as well yeah because it used to just do the optional rule stuff i say it was garbage
0: There's like two, there's like three sets to this, isn't there? There's like the primary effect, which is decent, the secondary effect, which is okay, and the tertiary effect, which is very situational. But, you know, you might not use it, but it doesn't matter if you don't.
1: I'd say Void Breaker 2 missiles, though, you could do, I know they're meant to be quite an aggressive Legio, but you could do a really good standing off long range, Mm. uh, you know, using mostly lasers and missiles and kind of keeping that range uh, between you and your opponent. Mm. you know five missile shots with Voidbreaker 2 that's really good I know, it's, I know it makes them 25 points so they're a lot more expensive than like um, what's it like a Vulcan Bolter?
0: it'll be thir- 35 points wouldn't it including the 10 points for the actual APOC
1: oh 35 points sorry. so it's a lot more expensive but being able to stand all that being able to stand back and do it gives you a lot more flexibility than say the um, a Vulcan, uh, Vulcan Bolter would mm. which are, are great but you know should be able to get close so yeah, it's it's it, it's pretty good. Uh, Void Brickett is no one's going to argue. No, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yes, essentially seven saves. That that is Volcan Mega Bolt. That's like a, that's a better. That's like a a really strong Volcan Mega Bolt to roll mm-hmm. or short range Volca Mega to roll. I should say
0: something which I think is glossed over in this uh, quite quickly as well is that this actually applies as well to a Warmaster. Um If mm-hmm. you want, you can pay 25 points and you can upgrade those little shoulder weapons, the arrays.
1: Pay 30, wouldn't you? Because so 50 because they're two different weapons.
0: Yes, you would uh, upgrade them so whether that's, or not an extra 50 points is worth it. Um, that's, that's, that's but that's, I, I guess, I mean, they're what are they? I, th- I want to say that they're three dice each. The arrays,
1: yeah. oh, it, it definitely can make me potentially make
2: some have some use, but yeah, but you could also get a white bracket twice then, so of course you pay yeah. twice, but I've I've played against this very, very often. And it can be very annoying when you have damaged warhounds because, mm. yeah, so, sometimes when you're, for example, um, like not in full control of your uh, of, of how you move because the, the warhounds' legs are damaged already. But it's particularly annoying when you have knights. And... Mm. Um, when you have um there's one situation i remember very well um that was tactically very well played um and that was used to force me out of um out of cover into the firing arc of a uh, of a quake cannon <laughs> which, oh. is, <laughs> which is both <laughs> not not the best situation for a night household um so there was a, a quake a volcano warlord um in a corridor and and I had to move out with my my night banner uh, because I didn't want to take these hits um although I wanted this to happen because the quake gun is still a little bit worse than, than taking mm-hmm. the hits to with the fire but still it's um it opens up a, a lot of interesting um choices also it's it's a very n- nice element in the narrative game that you have like mm. burning ground and everything is is on fire there yeah i like it i've I, it, normally there's at least one titan with this upgrade when i play against it at, mm. at arrows
0: mm. and the, the, the strength for of the um the fire i guess you, you, you quite quite quickly would write that off like i said it's, it's good against knights but Um, If if you think as well, like once those voids are down, you're getting the void breaker shields. If you've got weapons, which you know, you're almost kind of thinking, well, actually, do I start targeting legs? Because then, once you've got a few points on the damage track, then those legs can start getting damaged by the the fire of your apox, as well as the incoming strength four hits. As as I say,
1: the other thing here is you take uh, thermal mines. The Mm-hmm. Hit the, hit the, so hit you got legs. You got the. two. So you, you know you you could quite quickly uh thermal mines and potentially cursed earth.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So all of a sudden you're now potentially doing eight saves per missile, and one titan when it moves you're going to do some damage to legs. And then each time you shoot the missiles, that damage to legs is going to build up and build up and build up. And you mm-hmm. could potentially do, you know, make them very either very easy to finish off later on, or potentially even kill one with the missile. You know, a strength four hit is nothing to be. Um, doesn't you sniff that when you got damn a lot of damage for anything uh, smaller than a warlord. Mm.
0: Mm. I mean, I guess the obviously you would be, you wouldn't be able to take you, you because it's. Oh, hold on, no, it's not a blast, is it? It just lays a blast after yeah, you the hit. five inch template down.
1: Yeah, you can target it. So you can still target, mm. but don't forget each model. Also, and also, like for the knights, each model was hit by it. So you have a band of four knights, and they're all under that template. That is four strength, four hits, that are ignoring voids of mm. uh, iron shields yeah so yeah that, that can add up pretty quickly
0: on first read through of this i kind of almost i was like oh strength four like mm, uh, no and that but the more i thought about it the more play i could see out of it yeah I, i'd say it's, i'd consider that that's all a bonus but it's also stuff your opponent has to think
1: about and it's also stuff that can just niggle away and you know can mm. you take the chance leaving that
2: warhound in it yeah, yeah, but especially when you have a, a densely packed banner of knights, for example, and, and it's a big one, um, like you have six knights, and since it hits every model, that's just a lot of hits.
0: Yeah. yeah. We had a question, actually, from James Turner on Discord. He said, despite the increase in points, do you think Infernus missiles having the Voidbreaker 2 trait makes Apocalypse launches a more appealing choice for Taurus? I think the answer to that has to be yes. I mean, especially if, if it, it's good on reavers with five dice 25 points for upgrading a warlord to uh with its carapace weapons to have 10 dice void breaker 2 and it's doing um these secondary effects i think i think this is definitely something to build around but it's not one of those war gear options which is like oh you know what you could get some play out of this if you build around it I think it's one of those traits similar to like last time when we were talking about the the the, um the upgrade for um ignatum which is you know the bonuses to um reducing the cover it's Mm. it's almost like something that you want to take you you want to take this i think i think you Mm. want to at least have a couple which are taking advantage of this
1: yeah, I think you know if you're playing centurion, taking the corsair Maniple, you probably have two like close range ones with <laughs> uh, Vulcan Bolters and stuff. But you definitely have two of these just behind them with mm. Uh, mm. with two missiles, putting down you know because there you're going to punch through the shields easier, but also for that ongoing effects. And then start as you say, start aiming for the legs. Maybe mm. you run in and chainsaw the chainsaw the legs with a you know cross combat attack. Shoot this in so the template touches the legs, and that could take could again could finish them off. Mm.
2: Mm. What I would have liked to see here is um, the template effect generating heat on the plasma reactor. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think with that mechanic, there's at the moment, there's too little options or too few options to to impose heat on an en- enemy engine.
0: We've talked about this a couple
1: of times. Yeah. It's, it's actually how I would fix um, Inferno, Inferno cannons, mm-hmm. is I'd give them mm-hmm. a rule. I think you'd have to limit it a little bit because otherwise you could really cook titans to way too easily but i think there should be some sort of rule like if you're hit by an inferno weapon uh so a, a firestorm tem a template then your heat goes up and it does damage to your body you know to the body not just the shields your heat goes up by one mm. um because then i think because I, I i'm going off a side tangent here um because if all of all the Titans, I think the the War Hounds' weapons are the most imbalanced. I don't think any of them are awful, but clearly there's two that are much better than everything else. Mm. And it's just ways of trying to make the other weapons better. So yeah, that that was a fix I had for for accounts. I'd also make them cheaper than Vulcan Mega Bolters because they they should be.
0: <laughs> I, I I think if you were taking a Reaver with this, it'd be nice. That you could I, I I'm thinking Rifleman Reaver with mm. one of these on top as well you know, that's going to lay out some, some pain. Mm. And, of course, you can lay that template wherever you want. It doesn't have to be centered on the model. It just has to be under the model. So, like you say, you could run somebody in, shoot them, and lay the template down so your Titan's out of the um, uh, template and um, and everybody
2: else is. But this is. This is also when you when you play it um, the right way. You can uh, also in, inflict damage on, on units you'd never see your, you don't have line of sight yeah. and stuff. Um, it's it's
1: the it's big thing I, I, I try preaching everyone with blast yeah. weapons is if you can hit more than one time with a blast weapon, do. Just, do. and this would be exactly the same. Yeah, it's like strength it's strength set, four hits, we're not going to do anything but you leave your Warhound next to your Warlord or not Warlord probably by example but you know, you got damage reaver, damage legs and you leave a Warhound next to it, I'm going to place it to touch both of them because I'm going to take every single dice roll I can to try and Three do Three dice. Because, it all yep, it's free dice, it all adds up. It mm-hmm. all could do something.
3: Mm.
0: So yeah, I mean, good little trait. So let's move on to the personal traits. Um three, as usual. Um the first one, headstrong. A stubborn streak runs deeply through the princeps and their titan. And once they um set themselves on a task, they will press forwards regardless of the outcome. In the end phase, the and the RS may choose to discard any order, or may choose not to discard any orders issued to the Titan, in effect carrying forward the order into the following round without needing to make a new command check. Note: shutdown orders and other effects that change a Titan's current order are still applied as normal. I don't think there's many orders that you would want to do this to, but Gosh. charge is a good one. I think maybe split fire with the right Titan might also be useful um, emergency,
1: emergency repair if you've you've had to emergency repair then you've sat there taking a beating and then you go i need to although would, mean, you care, would you get to use it? i mean I maybe
0: if you really wanted to bunker up a little bit yeah but i mean you're obviously sacrificing turns aren't you with emergency repair it's like would you want to yeah, do that
1: if you're in that situation like you know it's your warlord is right at the front and is taking a beating and you emergency repaired the previous turn and then they've shot you up again it could um, be you could want to emergency repair again and keep it keep it going. My only yeah. my main question would be: Would emergency repair actually work? Because you do emergency repair immediately once you've done the order. So if you keep emergency repair, you still keep the dice, though, don't you? Yeah, but you haven't done the order. you do emergency repair the moment you do the order. So if you keep emergency repair,
0: no, but you roll the dice, but you still have the order because it affects your movement or or combat phase. So they still have the order.
1: Yeah, but would you get to emergency repair twice? cuz yeah. you do emergency but but would you, you do emergency repair when you roll for emergency repair i think that they would i think that I, that that would be the logical thing but i'm just wondering what as wording where it only work? it only
0: says that shutdown orders and other effects that change a titan's current order are applied yeah, as but, normal so that implies all of the other
1: ones but if you just split fire first fire a charge they're all done in the movement phase emergency repair is done immediately when you do the emergency repair well, you haven't done the emergency repair. You've just kept the emergency repair order. But they've got the order at the end of the turn. doesn't matter, though, because you don't do the emergency repair order. It's just the, way the timing of it. Because is, is you do emergency repair. When you you've, you pass the command check, you go, he's on emergency repairs, then you do it. If yeah. you just keep the dice there, you haven't done emergency repairs.
0: I, <laughs> I, I think that that's maybe thinking beyond the... I would personally, I would
1: rule it that it would still work, and you would check, I'm yeah. now activating this Titan in the strategy phase. He's doing his merchant repair orders as he did last turn. But I do wonder if that's that, that's one of those little rules that probably just needs to be tightened up.
0: Maybe I think looking at the looking at just just the restrictions that's placed on the personal traits. I I would I would say that you've got the order at the end phase. That order carries through into the next phase, and you get to do it again. But uh, like you say, maybe, maybe it's just something that needs to be tightened up.
1: That's not a bad one. I would say though, as the personal traits for legios go, that's actually pretty good. Hmm. I think char- charge can be good. First fire can be good. Um, full stripe potentially if you're doing
0: um, if you've got like an objective base and you need to get across the table really quickly. Yeah, but you, I suppose that's a lot of. Me- if you're full striding twice in two turns, then that's a lot of distance covered and you've not done any shooting. It's
1: um, one with the game, doing that's one of the games before. Yeah. Getting yeah. warhounds to the opponent's table at the opponent's area. Obviously, Warham probably wouldn't be Princeps in but...
0: Mm. <laughs> I think that these are one of the lead years, though, that have got some pretty good personal traits. Um The next one, unconventional thinker. um The Princeps is trained in lateral combat combative reasoning and sees in the ebb and the flow of battle that others may might miss. This allows them to anticipate the actions of their enemies or make sudden manoeuvres to catch their foes off guard. Once per battle after an enemy Titan has declared his action but before it moves or fires the Princeps Titan can be moved D6 in any direction and it's facing changed by up to 90 degrees. The movement may not take the Titan through blocking terrain or other models. It's
1: really good.
0: I like this. Mm. I,
1: it's really any yeah. direction, that's that's mm. and then turn. So they, they think, Oh, I've I've got onto your that oh, I'm going to charge, I'm going to charge mm. you. And you just move back six inches
0: or move mm-hmm. sideways six
1: inches. That's really good.
0: The, the, the turn is the big thing here, I think. Because yeah. honestly, I think they need any any direction being able to move any direction. You can move back, but oh, you might only you might roll a one, yeah, you might roll a one but and only move you an You might inch. roll a six <laughs> if and if you do great, but the fact that you can change your facing by that much.
2: Is... That,
1: that's, good. It's, that's good. and big. Don't get me wrong. That is good and big.
2: But the, the facing is super important when you when you had like the smaller lighter engines out maneuvering you, and then suddenly that you don't get the back shot or the side mm. shot. So the, this is really strong, and and also the same thing is with um, the uh, the evading move of as a counter to to a charge this is Mm -hmm. I had this happen to me a couple of times this is super annoying so you have moved your melee Reaver for two three turns and you're finally close in range and then you're missing like two inches or one inch so (laughs) that that really really frustrating but it's, it's a very strong trait
0: We've talked about the um, on a couple of pods now about the Master of Defense um, Crusade Titan rule, which allows you to, in response to a charge, move back. It, it's full movement. You could almost do the same kind of thing here, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Somebody declares a charge against you. Oh, it looks like actually that that's going to be a long old charge. Maybe they have mm-hmm. to push their reactor to get to you. And you know, well, you know what? I'm going to move backwards. Come at mm-hmm. me, bro. Mm.
1: It's weird. Yeah. It's weird to my with good good personal traits.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the Traitor Legio book, but I think that there's quite a few in the Loyalist Legios which have actually got pretty reasonable personal traits, and I think this is definitely one of them. The last one, um, Shedem Drift vet- Veteran. The Princeps remembers well the betrayal at the Shedem Drifts, where the Warmaster used the Firebrands as cannon fodder for his favorite li- favoured Legio, and is eager to make the traitors pay in kind. During the combat phase, the Princeps may choose one of their Titan's weapon... Any armour roll resulting from hits by the weapon can be re-rolled this round. If the Princeps is targeting a tiger from the Death's Head or Tiger Eyes, so Mortis or Furians, Legios, then hits from all of the Princeps Titans may be re-rolled um, for their armour rolls. So, ordnance, basically, for a turn. Well, it's well, re- better ordnance, no, it's it's yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Good, Dan. Another good rule. Bit situational, obviously, much better against Mortis and Tiger's Eyes. Yeah, mm. any rules against Tiger's Eyes are a good rule, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it's it's another strong one. It's um, rerolling failed hits. There's not many, as we said. There's not many rerolls in this game.
2: Yeah, I had this uh, very often against my um, my mortis, and <laughs> this is very annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rolls rerolls generally are super annoying, but this is also like.
1: You put this on a Warlord with two plasmas and Gatlings on top.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, fives with re-rolls and you're aiming. That doesn't seem so bad.
0: Oh, it's, it's re-rolls on the armour roll. Yeah.
1: No, but it's both, isn't it? It's both re-rolls to hit and then re-rolls
0: to armour. Have I just misread that?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. You're right, you're right. But it's still really good. Yeah, I mean... All weapons. Yes, re-roll for one weapon. If all it weapons. was me,
0: yeah. like... And you've got that one one weapon... um. And maybe you need anything but a one to do damage on it.
4: You mm-hmm. obviously
0: re-roll the ones, but maybe you pick up the twos and the threes as well and hedge your bet and see if you can like up those rolls into a devastating or a um, anything which would normally cause a direct hit. Maybe you pick those up and re-roll them again and chance getting a something better. I'm just
1: mm-hmm. thinking, would this be better for this would be quite good on like a reaver, a combat reaver with a chain fist, mm-hmm. and in a ferox a Little at one it used to be a ferrox about turning charge.
0: Yeah, if it's a Ferox, you're getting plus one, aren't you, when you're within mm. your scale? So yeah. plus one to your armor roll coupled with re-rolling of those armor roll dice, mm. it's going to cause some hurt. Mm. I mm. think this is another scenario where, unless you want to take something out of the, the main book, this is one that I'd quite happily roll a D3 um, if yeah. you were rolling, like or if you weren't picking, um. It's it's one that you'd be happy with any of the result that came out of it. Obviously, if you're playing Mortis or 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 Furians, then you'd be super happy by that one. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's like Grafonicus and like like it like Ignatum. You'd you'd be perfectly fine taking a D three roll and taking whatever that rolls up.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. As a Sages player, I'm very much against this. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I suck.
0: Yeah, that's it for the um the rules for Legion like, yeah. Uh, um, again, I think another another strong legio. I mean, we've we talked about you know tier. I don't think there's such a thing as as the best legio or the worst legio. We've we've been toying around with the ideas of trying to tier them into into tier one, tier two, tier three. And I I don't know if I'm ready to commit to a an answer here, but I'd say that they're reasonably high up on the list. My gut is they're like a tier. So personally, say
1: there's like four tiers. I'd say so like tier one is the ones which are Obviously, clearly good, has some really game changing rules. I don't think that's these guys, so I think they definitely would fit into like a tier two kind of ranking mm. where their rules are good. Some of them are kind of a build aroundy, and like some like the missiles, the missile upgrade might be slightly too expensive on a Reaver, like slightly, but it's still pretty good. So, yeah, I, th- I think they fit into a good solid tier two kind of uh Legio, which is good because they used to be like they used to be tier four. As we call the Kratos too.
0: What manipuls do you think they would benefit from? What manipuls have you seen, Rudolf? What does your What does Leon Arthur's take? Um,
2: I played on Wednesday. I played against the um, two Reavers, two Warhounds. What's that? I forgot the name. Arachos. Yeah, it could be.
1: Unfortunately, there's a few that that covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: true, true, true. Ah, um, oh, damn! I don't remember. The
0: Ferox the is three Reavers, sorry, three Warhounds and two Reavers at max. Um, and that's the one where you're getting the, the armor rolls and they want to
2: get close. Yeah, that's the one. Mm, I've seen this one in combination with the uh, third personal trait, the mm-hmm. one that we just discussed. Um,
1: I'm trying to think now. I, I, I think you'd, they're definitely favoring larger Titans because for the... For the missile upgrade, anyway. You want to have some larger titans in there, so whether well, that's a Warlord or a couple of Reavers or something.
0: Um, I think... Um, like I, a, I, think- oh, sorry. I was going to say, maybe a Mandatum would be quite nice with this Mandatum,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm becoming a massive fan of the Mandatum. It's becoming mm. one of my my favourite maniples, actually.
0: Because you could pay the 25 points to upgrade the Carapace on a Warlord. You know, you're not paying silly money. You've got one good Warlord there, and you're getting the bonuses with the Warhounds. Yeah, no, it's still working. Um it doesn't really capitalise though, does it, on the um on the war gear front?
1: Well, so it kinda of does. So I mean the way I've been using Mandatum with my Pisagius is uh the warlord goes ahead, but the warlord isn't targeting that Titan, which he's then triggering the warhounds to shoot, he's targeting other titans further back. So you could, see, you could still do that because then the Warhounds can kind of sit further back with him because obviously they're a bit more vulnerable, mm. but getting that plus one to hit against anything he's shooting at. Um, and I can tell you, when you're shooting mm. long-range plasmas on a 2+, plus, thanks to your Legio special as well, it's um, pretty pretty scary pretty quickly. Mm.
0: It's, tr- it's tricky, isn't it, to not just go, you know what, every, every Legio should take a, a Ferox, every Legio should take a, a Corsair. It seems to be the go-to, but it's difficult to not kind of like be drawn to some of them
1: corsair would be really good uh the other one potentially if you went crazy on the missile upgrades would be the um i oh, was about earlier the one uh ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. so you've got potentially got the um uh, also one the, uh you're going to pronounce it peaky the one from the rule book actually warlord no two warlords the ones that oliver ta- oddy takes two warlords two reavers Myrmidon. And then you can just sit back bombarding with those fire templates. You can put down a lot of fire templates a turn if they all have the missile upgrade.
0: So the with the plus two to first fire order, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So you just put them all on... uh, No, you just do it on a two plus. Oh, right, yeah. Regardless of modifiers. Mm. So you just sit back. It's, again, a bit defensive. I don't really like defensive, personally, but you can just sit back and bombard the bejeebus out of everyone. Mm. The repairing one wouldn't be awful. Um... But like stuff like the uh, the what's it the Ar- Arcus and the Ruptura, I don't think would be particularly great. A because the main Titan in those is the Warbringer, which doesn't really get any benefit from this. But also like especially the Ruptura, it's a really tough list to write when you haven't got upgrades. Yeah. So you start adding twenty five point upgrades in, it get it, you're you're struggling to make a good list out of
0: that one. And you're playing with aggressive Reavers, and you know yeah. you want Apox. You get the most out of Apox. I think are they plus one over. Thirty inches, um, uh, yeah. But
1: mm. I mean, no, that, that's that's a nice benefit. If you get it; it's yeah. not not critical. Um, it's almost a shame the uh, the what's it the uh, the flamer manipor doesn't really synchronize much of them. Yeah, mm. but I, th- I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head of most of them. There. I think the mandatum, obviously the Ferox because they want to be aggressive and being able to make sure you get initiative that'd be really good with Ferox. Yeah, not make sure you get it. You know, but you know what I mean. It's you're likely to get it. Mm. Uh, And then a Fortress could be quite good, actually. Mm. Fortress, one Warlord, three Reavers, and then whatever, you've got points for anything else. Um, You sit there with your missiles, just bombarding the... Of everyone not caring, and they outflank you too much. Actually, saying that that'd be even better because when they do outflank you, you then use that strategy, you then use that legion, or that princeps ability to then move backwards and turn around and face them. So you get all the benefits of taking, soaking up all that firepower, and then bursting one of the warlord out of the formation to counter anything they do.
0: Maybe this is a legio which would benefit from a couple of smaller. If, if you're playing 1750, a couple of um, minimal maniples. So you can get the most out of your... Because um, like we said earlier on, you, you take the... They've got their trait. If you take that with um, Dominant Strategist as well, then you could have that on one of your Princeps, um, Senioris, yeah. and then the other one would roll on the, D, the D3 for the um, personal traits for, for the Legio. I, like, I, I know... Also, oh,
1: I was going
0: to say yeah. like a, um, a minimal Corsair and a minimal Ferox, minimal
1: maybe? I was thinking minimum Ferox, minimum um, Mandatum could be quite good
0: could you could you fit that with the war I suppose you could probably yeah uh, you probably have, could
1: can you I have that's one of my sages lists that I have on my phone mm. for going down on Wednesday All right so it definitely fits <laughs> definitely and I think that'd be, I think that could be pretty good because they so say you're getting yeah you have the Domestratish you've got their reroll. You you also have two two Princeps both act, both acting when your opponent moves a titan um, that could be really nasty. That could be bloody brutal, actually. Yeah, I think that that could be really good. Um, yeah, it's quite a good few options and quite quite good fun.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the, the whole double Maniple thing is something which I, I often see people forget about as yeah. an option. I think it depends it
1: depend on the Legio, because uh, some of the Legio particular special stratagems, like um, we like about Fairthurians, yeah, yeah mate, the defensive surge is one pull. so you want to have a maximum pull because mm-hmm. you need to make the most out of it. it's three point you know, there's a three point strategy you don't want to pay three points for three of your titans to get an yeah. extra shots but you're quite happy to pay three points for five titans to get an extra shots yeah so that's where um i think that's sometimes where you've got to think about it whereas like the psager stratagem, plus getting plus one at long range that is Everything. Every single, to everyone. So, you know, when we did our three and a half hours a point game, I played that, and every single one of my titans gets plus one to hit long range. That's pretty brutal. Mm. And you can take lots of small little maniples at that point.
0: I think all I can really say about this is that I feel sorry for you, Rudolph, if you're to play against these guys because they seem pretty decent.
2: They are. It's, it's not at all a bad one. He, he did have two years of them
1: being rubbish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... Day 4-2, sorry. <laughs> what what you need to do, Ben, is going back to your Kratos with them being rubbish. You just need to sell them. And as soon as you no, sell no, 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 them, no. You they'll become good.
1: Sell. You need to sell them. You need to paint up a Kratos and sell it. Then they become really good.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, there you go, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Um, if you use a Taurus um get in touch uh does anything that we've said today kind of hold true with your own experiences It'd be great to hear so i mean jump on our discord channel and um and, and ask the questions um it'd be great to hear what people have to say um so just to kind of round out the show rudolph thank you very much for coming on the show tonight um obviously grim dark terrain um is is out there available for anybody who wants to get into some um Printing their own terrain. Of course, it's also worth mentioning that you do have a couple of stockists who actually print the stuff mm-hmm. on your behalf. People like Goldie's Prints, mm-hmm. who, um, kind of are, I suppose, licensed to sell your, um, mm-hmm. your terrain. You can buy them if you don't have a printer. I'd very much recommend checking out Goldie. He's a friend of the, um, of the podcast as well. And, um, yeah, I, he, he brought an entire Grimdark table to the last, um, uh, tournament that we ran, and it was a stunning piece. the only The only stuff on there was grim dark stuff. Um, it was um, the the highlight. Was well. like this... hmm? Oh yeah, of well. we're trying. We're actually trying because he's hopefully going to come to the one that we're going to have um, later on in the year, before the end of the year. And we're trying to persuade him as well to to now bring a second table, so we can <laughs> have. Uh... He did say he's up for that. Yeah,
2: okay. he told me the other day. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: we're hoping that he might uh, be considering doing a gothic one um, when that's all up and running so it'd be yeah. nice to just have just to-
1: keep out for that. that's the 7th of november and it's react to meltdown to uh, meltdown harder
0: <laughs> so rudolph anybody who's looking to get into grimdark terrain um, what would you have to say to them
2: a uh, couple of things first of all if you're not in the uk or in the us um, just hit up grimdarkterrain.com slash merchants And uh, you can see that there's a couple of merchants in other places, like in the EU, there's a couple Uh, in Australia and New Zealand, there's a couple. Um, So wherever you are in the world and you don't have access to a printer, no problem. You can still buy stuff from licensed merchants. Um, uh, The other thing is, uh, at the moment, uh, we are in, I think, the ninth month of releases, so Sometimes it can seem a little bit daunting to uh, catch up on it, um, which is why Grimlock Terrain is having a catch-up month. Uh, we or well, I made a very cheesy video for this. Um, shout out to my friend Jack uh, at Anvils of Kona who voiced the 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 the, the voice actually uh, in that cheesy video. Um, Bottom line is uh, when you join now, uh, you get 50% off all previous uh, packages. So it's easy to catch up. And also, don't get confused with um, the prices on the website because non EU citizens. Don't pay VAT. So it's again getting cheaper. Um, and then, last but not least, uh, I'm in the process of investing a lot of uh, development time into the website. So, to make it more consumer friendly and also to invest uh, into a good system that allows you to download printing lists. So, if you like a kit, um, like for example, a Forge Fane or a transporter or something. Um, you can soon download a list of parts to print with all the columns and um, rows you need to track your own printing progress Um, so this is something i'm investing in at the moment and therefore i released the marker package this august in order to catch up a little bit on the investments so if you want to support the project uh, just buy the marker package. It's uh, for non-EU citizens, it's, I think, seven quid or something. And for EU guys, it's nine euro fifty. So I'd be very happy for you to buy this to support the development costs. And uh, that was a very long ramble from Mr. <laughs> Bronco Fish. Um, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's been great to to speak to you. Uh, I mean, I know we've this is actually you guys won't see this. This is the first time I've seen Rudolph in person. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> he normally hides behind uh, behind his camera when he joins the hobby hangouts, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's been great having you on, um, and um, all the best. And I can't wait to see um, what you've got to deliver in the future. And uh, in particular, can you sort out that Tiska for
2: us? <laughs> As soon yeah. as possible, please. This is something I can promise that I definitely <laughs> will. Yes. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Okay, guys. Um, well, that's it. Thank you very much for, um, tuning in today. Um, just before we leave, uh, just a quick shout out. Obviously, if you do want to, uh, to get involved in our discord channel, um, do check it out. The links are in the descriptions and, uh, there's a few Facebook posts and I think there's a Reddit post as well. If you want to, um, find the link, um, lots of conversations going on there we're always expanding it we're also starting to discuss other games other systems it's becoming a really great community hub and there's quite a few people from the wider community who also hang out there as well bronco aka well i say rudolph aka bronco Mm -hmm. being one of those um we have a dedicated 3d printing channel and yeah uh goldie as well as we mentioned earlier on is also somebody who frequents the server so please do check us out it's becoming a great little community hub um, and also if you, um, do want to support the show, do check out our Patreon and consider having a look at that. You can join from as little as a one pound, but on the three pound and five pound tiers, you'll also get 10% off of Battle Bling. So if you are thinking of dropping 30 quid at Battle Bling, you effectively are going to get a month's Patreon with us for free. Um, and anybody who is signed up at the end of September will be put into that prize draw for that dice tray. So Ben. Do we have anything else we want to say before we close up tonight? I can't think of anything. I think we've pretty much covered it all. It's been a bumper session today. Hmm. Very conscious of the fact that uh, Rudolph is an hour ahead of us. Um, so it must be pushing one o'clock, if not gone one o'clock by this point.
2: Where is the future like, Rudolph? Um, from the future, I can tell you it's bright and grim dark.
0: <laughs> oh, Awesome. <laughs> The future's bright. The future's grim I like it. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, guys. We'll see you again soon. And uh, always remember to go big, go loud, and go maximal.